0: Welcome to the T-HUD Podcast. I'm Moby. I'm Marty. And I'm Leland. Well, listener, after the very lukewarm reception to My Marketing Mayhem, which was my branded uh, episode a, a few podcasts ago, we decided to give the reins to the person who's actually our creative director and in the hopes that he might do better.
1: So, Marty. So, I'm in charge of the episodes that I'm always in charge <laughs> of.
0: <laughs> yes, but this one you get to publicly flaunt your power.
1: Yeah, so this week we're playing on hard mode. <laughs> oh, no. There's no more Goo Goo Gaga, Baby BB- Mode, BS, Hold Your Hand, whatever. We're we're playing on insane today. Um, I got some segments. They're kind of stuff I, I'm interested in, so... We're going to have a movie segment about... Well, let me preface this by saying a couple episodes ago, Leland mentioned something about asking me what my favorite movie was, and I couldn't have an answer. Then I thought about it, and two movies came to mind, one being Mad Max Fury Road, which I really love, and Walk Hard, which I don't think is nearly as popular as it should be. And today we're going to talk about it, because I think we've referenced it more than once on the podcast. Yeah, And definitely. It pretty much is something I think about daily. So, okay, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss it today. Oh man! And then uh, in the uh, video game variety show, we're gonna talk. We're finally gonna talk about. And Leland and I will review uh, Wolfenstein uh, New Colossus. And then uh, Crazy About Cardboard. It's gonna be a discussion uh, that Moby actually picked uh, this topic. Um, I just chose to do it this week, because I liked it. It's basically a... What was the name for it? Uh, classic Cardboard Carnival, all with case. Okay. Yes, because that, that part's important. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be a bit of a discussion about why board <laughs> games... why board, Why classic board games are considered classic, and what board games we think should be considered classics. And we'll take it away from there. So... Uh, I think we'll start with our banter segment because I know a listener likes it when I call it the banter segment. So, Moby, uh, you have any banter for the banter segment?
0: Yeah, I've got a couple small things here. Um, the first is is that uh, I think with yeah you t- do yeah I do Between your C- legs. couple small things <laughs> yeah they're atrophied. Leland, it's a medical condition. <laughs> Jeez.
2: Oh, you're right. Underuse is a killer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. I had a surgically implanted Adam's apple. So, to make me feel, uh, <laughs> worthy, oh, that, adequate. That was, that was
2: during your, uh, sexual transition?
0: That, that was, yeah. Okay. Uh, 28 <laughs> years old. That's, that's when it occurred. No. Um, so, uh, you <laughs> guys that meet, I'm <laughs> just, I'm just throwing my awkward shit in, like yeah, I always You
1: said do. transition, not, like, puberty. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay, so then that was it, 16. It,
0: it, no. <laughs> Can that pre Okay,
1: never mind, yeah, guys, moving on. Guys, guys, guys. I'm trying to get it. to the actual banter. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot this was Moby. Okay,
2: so. And you know what? Didn't we not just discuss 10 minutes ago about keeping runtime in check? This is I the kind of trying, shit that gets us over time. I'm trying to get to my banter. I knew we should have
0: started I'm trying with to us go, just laughing. Shut up. God, <laughs> shut the fuck up and let me banter. I'm going to rattle this microphone cake. Okay. So the two guys, Greg Sisterio and uh, Tommy Wiseau that did The Room. We're still they, talking about these they guys? They have a new movie coming out. Oh, okay. And the trailer just got released yesterday. Uh, it's called Best Friends or Friends. Uh, basically, it's Friends is the second word, but it's in a parenthesis, so I don't know how it's pronounced. But it actually it looks like a pretty
2: good trailer. Like Friends?
0: Yes, but it it's meant as if, like, the I is removable, so it could be, like, Freen, Fiends.
2: And if you remove I from friends, that does not spell
0: fiends.
1: fiends. You mean the R, right?
0: I don't know. You know what? Maybe I copied it down or Anyways. <laughs> okay. I was doing this late at night. Okay. Um. You guys just want to start the episode again? No! I, mean, <laughs> I will find
2: don't... a link for the trailer and put it okay, in the show Okay,
0: thank you. So what it is, is it's the two of them are friends, but it's a completely serious movie. And, like, it's a higher budget, and the director is a legitimate director who just happens to love the room. So they're basically letting Tommy Wiseau be crazy and do his shit, but it's not meant to be hilarious. It actually looks kind of cool. I guess he's kind of like a mortician that's really reserved and uh, isolated, and then Greg Sestero is... Just kind of like a cool guy and they get involved in some sort of crime spree like robbing ATMs. It turns into like gunfights with the two of them, which is awesome just to see like those two guys in a gunfight. Yeah, no, it it looks really intriguing just because it's different than the room and they're trying to position Tommy as a somewhat serious actor. And if they can pull off even a passable performance, like, wow, (laughs) that's got to be like close to a miracle.
1: It'll probably get a great amount of attention just to have him in there. It won't matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Well, because it's not like those guys have been doing a lot since The Room. I mean, they basically had to fund that movie themselves to make it off Tommy's bottomless pit of money where they don't know where it came from. I think he sold jeans or something. That's what he says. And he does it now. But, like, you see, and this is apparently true, that, like, you see in that movie the disaster artist that, you know, at one point Greg like tries to get a thousand dollar check out of his bank account. And the bank account manager is like, you know, that Greg, the guy who's playing Greg, you know, baby Franco, Dave, he's like, can I get this thousand dollars? Does he even have this in account? And the banker like leans over his desk. He's like, this account is a bottomless pit. (laughs) It's
3: like, where does this guy
0: get his money? And so yeah. anyways I don't want to diverge on that but that looks interesting the second thing I got is you guys know that a, a new Battlestar Galactica feature film is being worked on
1: correct? I've heard of this yes
0: yeah what's interesting is what just came out tiny little tidbit they're trying to link it into the present day but I don't know I don't have any details on how that would work the only thing I can think of is that like we create Cylons as AI slaves on earth pretty like in the very near future and then they rebel Yet, the director's name is Francis Lawrence, does insist it's going to look like the other two Battlestar Galactica's. So, like, I don't know how they're going to connect modern Earth with, like, giant space battleships. Time travel. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> that's, that's weird. Give so, it to me. I'll
1: touch the script up.
2: There
0: you go. S- <laughs> script Dr. Marty. Dr. Marty. Uh, he's, he's a doctor of a lot of things. <laughs>
2: yeah. Dr. Python's rex again.
0: <laughs> uh, that's all I got. So, uh, Marty, what have you got?
1: Okay, I've got two. Uh, I'm going to start with... Uh, I'll start with Divinity 2. This will be the last thing I talk about on the podcast.
2: Hooray! Because
1: yeah. uh, I'm done. I finished it. Um, I might replay it, but I just wanted to give my quick review because none of you guys will play it, so we won't ever have to review it in a segment. Um, what,
0: what do you mean, you guys? We only have one
1: person that listens to us. Well, uh, you and I. Oh, yeah, you oh yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot There's more
0: sense. There's two of you,
1: but one of listener. Ah, uh, hook. Oh, but but okay. also, I'm sure listener will never Well, we, we don't want to
0: exaggerate, so...
1: And But if listener did, this might help him make some decisions because I'll be unspoilery. Or her. Yeah, don't or you her. fucking assume misgender listener. Sorry. Um, Z. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with, without spending hours on this because i could um just some thoughts since i finally finished this very long game it hits a sweet spot around 10 hours and that carried pretty much till about 80 percent done which for me was like 70 hours it's a long game like Whoa. almost 100 hours in the game but the last i'd say fifth or like 20 percent of the game roughly it kind of dips the uh, quality seems seems like it's an epilogue almost uh seems like you hit like Act four, roughly, really hits its peak. I felt it I almost thought it was the end of the game, and then Act five was like, "Oh, this is still going," and suddenly the difficulty really spiked and like seemed unfair at times. Um, I, when I was finishing it, I just felt like, "Okay, I want to finish this. I'm done with this game now. Let's move on." And that wasn't the way I felt about it for the last two months. So I was disappointing. It's it's disappointing because those first like. 50, 60 hours are some of the best, like, RPG moments I've seen in any game. Um, combat, story, um, even just graphically for the type of game it is, it's really great. Uh, but then it loses it, and that that knocks it down that uh, notch for me. It was probably going to be my favorite game of 2017, but now it's not. It's mm. actually probably number three. It's behind Zelda, and it's behind Persona. Mm. So you drop the ball there uh larian studios well in fairness to divinity it's difficult to beat a dick in a wheelchair so that's that is true yeah and uh, there was no uh rolling testicle chariot dick monsters in this game unfortunate very um, unfortunate that did lose it a point as well so two points off um but yeah like just some quick notes on it the combat was super tight compelling combat um it really rewards creativity and like think except for the end like the end you kind of lose that like your character placement and battles you kind of lose you don't get the option to try some new stuff it felt like a fluke when i finally beat the game honestly um but yeah everything else i, I really like the learning curve is tough but i'm also a pc noob so it could have been that and it's addicting as all hell so if you like being addicted to a rpg for two months then or well as long as it takes you to beat it then you'll probably enjoy this game but um i can't give it a 10 i was going to if the last bit of it was good it was it would have been a perfect score in my gaming score realm um but i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten it's still still really good yeah Uh, it's it's just um the last chapter so did it
2: lose steam because it's an rpg like and by that i mean like personally i find a lot of those rpg-ish games with rpg with heavy rpg elements i start strong um you know until about midway and then for the later half of the game i lose personally i lose interest in some and then yeah because because the difficulty does kind of ramp up and then it's like man i just i just want this finished and specifically like dark souls 3 i was like going pretty well and then i hit a point where it's like man you're you're just i'm just rushing through levels I'm not giving a fuck about finding all the items or whatever. Or really doing any exploring. I just want to get in there, get to the fun, the boss and kill it and get the hell out. And I don't know if that's just me or if you guys uh, find such like similar things happen with RPGs. Like even Fallout Four. I mean, like those are like you know good games, but like I just I can't hold. They don't hold my attention the whole way. I just I didn't even finish. I did not even. I've never finished a Fallout game before. I-
0: I think I get that Leland and what happens with me is you guys know that I play games all for the story and, and RPGs can have a great story but what I find is that a lot of RPGs through the early and in, in, until the middle of the game have a good story that's progressing but then there's a long open-ended part in a lot of RPGs where maybe not a lot of plots going on and there's a lot of grind to level up your characters and repetitive battles that loses me in JRPGs a lot.
1: Yeah, I can see both points of views. I know where Leland's coming from, especially with this, like, the first half of an RPG. You're constantly learning, and you're constantly getting something. There's almost, like, there's a reward-driven, like, carrot on a stick. As you start approaching the middle and end of the game, you've kind of gotten that carrot. You're eating it, and now...
2: (laughs) Yeah, your character progression plateaus.
1: Yeah, there's very small carrots now, and you're already kind of full on your carrots. (laughs) So, like... As you're vomiting up the rest of your carrots, it's very hard to want to eat the rem- the remainder that are in the distance. So, to kind of get away from the carrot analogy, which is now stuck in my brain, um, <laughs> yeah, Divinity has a, a bit of that, honestly. Um, partly just from, like, the learning curve. Like, the learning curve really took a while to really understand the combat, at least to, like, for me to get... As good as I was going to get at it, because it's a bit of a complicated game uh, with between like status effects and different tactics you can use in battles um, without getting too deep into it. But it's complicated. And to to really nail down that last bit of the game, honestly, like I'd kind of gotten every ability I wanted to get. There wasn't any new abilities coming my way. It was just leveling up and enemies were suddenly just adding a ton of experience or health points and HP and like power that just seemed very unfair. And a lot of the battles had just excessive amounts of enemies or like two groups of enemies at once. And then they would both be attacking you instead of attacking each other. Like it was, it, they had the option to attack each other. They hated each other, but they just seemed to unfairly target me. And it made it very difficult to the point where I honestly, the last battle came down to like one and a half of my dudes versus one dude and I had died about 25 times. Wow. And I finally just fluked my way through it and then, you know, watched the credits, turned it off and felt just relieved. Not, <laughs> but, not, not even good. And, and that's, that's partly how I felt about it. Storyline-wise, kind of the same thing. It, it really started strong. There was a lot of mystery. And then as more of the mystery became unraveled, I felt a little bit disappointed. Um, it wasn't as compelling as the first half of the game. And yeah, the last, the last ten percent, fifteen percent, whatever, last boss, final cutscenes were just kind of whatever. It, it didn't didn't really fill anything. I mean, it there was a lot of character development up until that point, but at that point, it was just like going through the motions. Uh, even the choices at the end didn't seem to matter to me. I didn't care.
2: Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah,
1: it is because I think it really could have been a contender for one of my faves.
2: Yeah, that mm. sucks.
1: Yeah, but. It was still really good. It was worth the, worth the playing through. And I actually will replay it, I think, because the combat is that fun.
2: Yeah. And so, there's still different paths within the system that you didn't take that you can still explore? or
1: uh, To some extent, you can make a lot of different decisions early okay. on. And also... But also, you now know what you're doing and you can be more efficient
2: at it, too, right? Yes.
1: And that was, I think, a lot of my time was spent in fights that were unwinnable at first because I had to learn how to play. Uh, and also trying thief. trying things that were too hard at first, you know, like areas and being frustrated and just like forcing myself, like I'm going to beat this, whether you know, it kills me physically in real life uh, <laughs> from, from lack of sleep. And sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't, but yeah, a lot of time was invested just doing that. So, I I really want to play some like short games after this, though.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: um yeah. Have both,
2: you played uh, Finch yet?
1: I did
0: oh okay. um, yeah oh right yeah you yeah right.
2: i was the one that played the last night.
0: but in one of my drunken cheat nights you know yesterday instead of buying useless shit off ebay i bought marty Zenonot because i really wanted a second opinion on that so i know that's what you're about to mention i think you didn't yeah. buy it for me no you're not worth 27.99 uh... especially because you don't re- you don't respect the fucking lincoln you gotta respect the Lincoln. That <laughs> well, is a listen, classic American. If they vehicle. can
2: advertise their fucking cars properly, uh, then maybe I'll get on board.
1: Bullshit. They go with a class A uh, fuck you. you know All right. Let's get back on track. Xenonauts, well, what are your first impressions? Well, I'll preface okay. this by saying that I was pretty sure you were drunk because I met you we started talking about games. You were talking about Xenonauts, I was talking about beating Divinity. I said, yeah, that actually sounds interesting. Maybe I'll check that out. And suddenly, you have a gift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, it wasn't like a cheap game. It wasn't on sale. Moby's just like, here, play this. Please, please play that this. That actually went into my thought
0: is that checking it out, you'd be like, okay, it's an indie game and it looks nice, but for twenty seven
1: ninety nine, maybe I'll wait a bit. I would have yeah exactly yeah. and but so it was very nice of you to do it and then after playing divinity i wanted something light i'm yeah, gonna exactly. turn on uh, undertale which is just like a <laughs> an indie rpg looked really chill <laughs> and i turn it on and i get a message right away don't you fucking play undertale if you fucking played uh <laughs> well, I called you a prick. yeah you called me a prick so i, <laughs> I immediately exited undertale in the first cutscene and turned on Xenonauts. Yeah.
0: That, it was so funny, like, I but don't did even you think... you see he,
1: that he was playing on Steam? Yes, no. but I
0: don't, even, I don't even think he answered me. It just, like, dropped from Undertale, and then Xenonauts came <laughs> up, and I was happy. And I think I messaged him back, and I just said, thank you.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Thank you, period. That's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I just played about an hour and a half. Um, so far, it, it's not enough to really give a commentary yeah. on it. Um, I just thought it was funny that in my first combat, like, I just felt like an idiot. Like just, yeah, you do. A tactical RPG. I can't even see these guys. They're shooting me from nowhere. My guys are getting shot in the head and falling over. I, I won <laughs> yeah. the battle somehow. I feel like I'm gonna lose Earth pretty soon.
2: This <laughs> <laughs> is you're you're protecting Earth against an alien invasion. You are, yeah, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. And the game takes place in kind of two things. There's what's called the geoscape, which is just a map of the Earth that's 2D. You see the alien spaceships flying in. You have to choose to intercept them or not. But you have limited planes. Your planes get damaged, run out of fuel, ammo, need to be refilled uh, and rearmed. But if you don't intervene, then the aliens will, like, stray fishing boats and abduct people. And you'll lose funding in those regions. Earth is divided up into, I think, eight funding regions. And if you really don't protect a region, the aliens will actually take it over for the rest of the game. You lose all funding there, and if they take over all the regions, you lose the game completely.
2: Right? And can, you, can you liberate those regions? No. Oh, no, really? It's
0: perma loss.
2: Oh right. shit! That's so. How, okay, so what thematic sense does that make?
0: The thematic sense is the aliens are overwhelmingly powerful, and like you can oh. only fight them off temporarily. So you'll fight off. They come in waves. And so you'll fight them off, and then you'll have maybe three or five days to regroup, repair, build. And then another wave comes, and the waves get successfully bigger and bigger. Okay. More aliens, more ships, more in the wave. There is a way to beat the game, obviously. And I'm there in my game, but it's your choice to launch the final mission, and I don't think I'm strong enough. I've lost. Oh,
2: I see. Okay. So I've lost. The so if wave. you lose that final mission, is that it? Is that like the I, ending you get?
0: I actually don't know, but Uh, I'm That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't want to spoil it for Marty, but they go in a pretty creative place with the aliens and how they all interact in the alien species, so I'll let you discover that. One of the good things about the game is, like, the manual doesn't spoil it, and the game doesn't tell you. It has no opening cutscene to really tell you what's going on. You're just invaded. The only way you learn the plot is by capturing weapons, capturing dead aliens, stunning aliens to capture them alive. And there's all different types. And your researchers will give you bit by bit what's actually happening. So it really puts you in that mindset that this truly alien force is invading that you know nothing about or how to fight them. And the technology is all very rational. Like you start building bombs out of their power sources and
1: batteries and stuff like that. So
2: That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds cool.
0: Anyways, you had two, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so this one's a little bit of a shorter one, but it was about a DLC that just came out. Oh. And uh, it's uh, a new game called Metal Gear Survive. It's like a spinoff of the Metal Gear series now that uh, Kojima's left. They took um, kind of all the assets from the last Metal Gear, turned it into like a zombie survival type game. Huh. It looks mediocre. It's getting a pretty much mediocre reviews, like sixes and sevens across the board. But the funny thing is... Well, maybe not funny. One of the DLCs is for an extra save file. It's $10. What? Oh, fuck. <laughs> if you want to make an extra character, fuck $10. That's
2: ridiculous. That is... Now,
1: I don't know why you'd really need an extra character in a survival-style game. But you should always have the option.
0: The idea of it is offensive. It
1: is offensive. and it,
0: It's so petty.
1: It, to me, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. And... It just, as soon as I read that, I couldn't believe that. Like, yeah, $10. Yeah, that
0: is so, so, like, that perfectly encompasses why we hate DLC for the most part and and where it goes wrong.
1: The game's also filled with loot boxes and that sort of thing. Uh, the, the new, you know, trend to hate on. which Of course. I kind of understand. I mean, I, I never really bought a loot box before. I think maybe for an NHL game like 10 years ago and i quickly realized this was a terrible decision but it's <laughs> it's just not a financially wise thing to do but i'm sure people do it and you know i mean there's always those options in games to you know quickly win your way to the top but for me it doesn't make sense in a video game i mean the whole point is to play it like well
2: yeah but i mean it's not even like you're not even guaranteed the, the good stuff right that, that's, that's the, the thing, problem yeah. Like, yeah you know you're, you're paying you're, you're paying definitely for the paying all. to win but you're not always gonna get what you're, you're paying. paying
1: you're gambling won. to win you're yeah for the totally. chance to win which right. is gambling and yeah i mean really you're already paying full price in some of these cases for a game and then you're paying extra for a chance to have better things and that's that is just ridiculous. that's the
2: same and well i mean they also like the other thing is like uh like with star wars like battlefront right if you're if you're buying a bunch of these loot boxes and you're getting, you know, you end up with a bunch of duplicate of these like super Jedi and stuff like you can't do anything with them. They're not technically yours. They're still a property of Electronic Arts or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So you can't even like trade them away. Like like there's zero like market for. Yeah. It's just it's just literally a waste of cash. You're just literally just throwing your money away. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if they could work out some like type of trade system like that could be cool. Too, right i don't know that's yeah that's crazy that's nuts fucking yeah. save files yeah that that is nuts all right mm. uh on
1: to anything Leela has. uh
2: yeah i got a couple things i guess okay let's do one thing uh well we played twilight Imperium fourth edition last yes. weekend it was right yeah for the first time thank finally thankfully and uh, it was like everything that I had hoped it was going to be. Like I loved it. It was
1: oh awesome. yeah, it was Absolutely. super fun. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Uh, <laughs> I hope.
2: I hope. Uh, I hope the uh, Menta Coalition enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> Even though I played them like like shit and didn't utilize them whatsoever. But I mean, you know, first game, total learning game for all 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 players except for uh, my little stupid brother played. He had played third edition before and he did end up winning not handily though like it was pretty close like marty you were like a point or two behind him right
1: yeah i uh i came really close to winning near the beginning yeah um i I rocketed without ever firing a shot at first yeah well you
2: held mechatol rex for like six full rounds
1: yeah and i was really close to winning that game um but yeah it it i ended up what really got me was I lost a whole bunch of guys in uh, Mechatol Rex. I lost my flagship. I lost
2: right. everything
1: I built. And that I didn't have. Stupid
2: artifact or whatever? Yeah,
1: I didn't have any other e- assets to rebuild. So I lost a bunch. Um, it was inevitable that I was going down at that point. Everyone was kind of surrounding me. I think yeah, I, I was yeah. surrounded on almost every side. <laughs> you were, yeah. And at that point, um, uh, your brother ended up just taken off with points and uh, yeah Moby was actually about to move in on me and then he lost all his ships yeah I was actually <laughs> gonna do that <laughs> yeah, right. my desk fleet and uh, yeah. the funny thing was I had like a kind of a loose alliance with Moby and I just stopped paying attention to it I don't know why maybe because I was just sitting pretty in Mechatol Rex
3: that when, <laughs>
1: when Moby is trying to offer me things I was just like whatever uh, <laughs> And then he was like, okay, I'm going to come and kill you then. Yeah. And I really should have asked for his help defending me because I ended up losing my home world. Oh, uh, yeah. By the end of it, you were really yeah, desperate. I was just float- floating in space. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird
0: moment because what happened, listener, is I had a second, I had two large battle fleets. One got wiped out in what is one of the biggest piss-offs I've ever had in a board game where there's a voting portion, kind of like a United Nations thing, and something came up where people could vote to destroy all ships on a wormhole space. Well, guess which player had his best fleet and was the only player
2: to have a fleet on a wormhole space. You had just moved in there.
0: I just moved in there. To it was near up. Mechatol Rex. I was going to try to take it. I had a full <laughs> yeah. invasion
2: force. But I mean, you, you stepped in there and you mopped up what little forces I had just like basically kamikaze run
0: well and, and listener actually had a uh a son a war son there that i wanted to yeah. take out as punishment for testing his guns on my western outpost earlier in the game <laughs> in the future if you ever play a war game with moby do not test your guns on my planet i don't take that very well there's no <laughs> rationality to doing that with me i very much well hold grudges in games which is well known um, But anyways. Um I had a second large fleet, and it was me and Marty's homeworlds were close together, and I could have easily helped Marty out. And all I wanted was some money, some trade goods, maybe a couple cards. I Just want to negotiate to make it worth my while. I would have lost a few ships. And he's like, "No, I don't need help." And then his homeworld got taken, and then all <laughs> his core systems got taken, and suddenly he was running this weird like outpost halfway across the galaxy.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't even like score most. of them most of the points anymore i couldn't score any public agendas yeah because your whole role yeah it was just it was game over for me it was pretty yeah yeah yeah, it pretty much was it was bad
2: uh yeah so i had i had a hell of a time it actually didn't take us that long i think it was maybe eight or nine hours
4: yeah i'd say maybe eight
2: probably closer to eight because it took us about an hour to get even set up and then into playing and then you know we go into the rules before the first round kind of thing so so really not that long, uh, surprisingly. I thought maybe it would take a
1: little bit longer. With there was five of us, so I feel like if we now that we know everything for the most part, we could probably do it in six.
2: Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I think no problem. Five, yeah. six. You no, know,
1: yeah, easy, easy.
2: Uh, so yeah, I mean we're gonna do um, we're gonna do a full bonus episode on it uh, soon, and really get into detail of the game and what kind of what we think about it. Uh, actually, Moby and I are playing again next weekend, right?
0: Yeah, because I had some friends ask me if I could set up a game. Explicitly asked me if I could set up a game and say, "Well, I don't own the game. That's up to Mister Big Shot Leland Steele." But he was happy to (laughs) oblige.
2: Yeah, so it's actually gonna be with a totally different play group. I think there will be two new players, right?
0: Yeah, there'll be two. Well, yeah, two new players. One of the guys neither of you have ever met in fact he was a friend back in high school but I, I haven't actually seen him since like 2004 he's a he's a good facebook oh friend. that's funny um he's good though like his personality is is going to be good for board games same oh. with everybody who's going to be involved yeah it'll be them. good time you'll like them
2: okay good that's good so. um and actually we're going to try to do some remote play with one of your buddies he's back in back east right
0: yeah, and there's a story to that. So, years ago, I always do something big for my birthday, and we did an Axis and Allies Global, which I'd like to talk about at some point, um, which is a massive board game played over a weekend. And uh, we involved this friend of mine. I bought a high-definition uh, webcam, webcam, but it had a long cord on it, so that I could, and it had a clip, so I could clip it on my shirt and kind of wear it like an eye. I could hold it close to different parts of the board. I could clip it above in a bird's-eye view where it sat a lot of the game. It actually worked quite well for that game.
4: It did, yeah.
0: It uh, did. TI4 is going to be harder. I've already asked this guy. Um, luckily, he's fairly well off financially, and I think he will buy the game. <laughs> if buy I'm a to play? I,
2: I, <laughs> hey, you know what? If it I means, completely agree. If it means, then we have, like, a, a for sure third player to play anytime we want to play. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, yeah, for right, sure. Right. And he's a he's a good guy, and I, I think it'll be fun if he... If he does it, if he
2: sure. Do it. I mean, you know what? I and mean, if it takes us a little longer, whatever. I mean, the only only real difference between Ti4 and Axis and Allies is the personal like player tableau, right? Yeah. A lot of the stuff that you do is is there, so that's difficult not to have kind of physical copies on his side, obviously, right? Even exactly. just as simple as having the technology deck that he can leaf through, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be really fun. I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then uh, secondly, we, we just finished playing uh, a game of Rising Sun, which uh, I received earlier this week. Uh, it was my Kickstarter copy with, uh, you know, some of the extra, most of the extra stuff, the, the daimyo pack with the upgraded, upgraded components and uh, extra monster packs and that stuff. So uh, what did you guys think about it?
1: I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was one of my favorite first time playthroughs in a game with this group. Uh, like a larger game, sometimes I find... The yeah, first, there's five of us. Yeah, the first playthrough we do on like a more involved game, I tend to maybe be... Like, I don't know, not on the fence, but I need like a couple... I, I would like another playthrough to do it with some strategy and right. kind of get into it. Right, totally. Uh, I like this one a lot, though. Um, very quickly, I realized, you know, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go with it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, and the design of the board game is really cool, too.
0: Yeah, I... I thought it was average, and that doesn't mean I don't like it. Anytime someone says something's average, you think they don't like it. It was fun, but I there <laughs> Leland has introduced some board games over the past few months that have made me feel very spoiled, and there, there's a lot that I love. I love Shogun. I love Charterstone so far. Of course, I love TI4. I love, um... sorry, Leland, I forget the name. What's the Steam Ship game?
2: Oh, transatlantic! Transatlantic! That love one was really fun. Yeah, we only got that. just We got to get
0: Marty to play. Oh yeah, that.
2: that's a great game. I really I enjoy it.
0: Love that. it, love it, love it. So this is average in comparison to those. Okay. Um, I what I can say, I absolutely love the physical components of that game. I love the meaty, heavy tokens for picking actions, like. Old school heavy plastic gauge tokens.
2: Those are beautiful upgraded components. Yeah. Oh, they're upgraded. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's okay. not base game stuff. Oh, okay. Base game is like cardboard chits. Like that's and, not
0: that's. And does that go for the monsters too? Cardboard chits? and no, no, no,
2: no. The, the monsters are always it's cool mini or not. They come with cool minis, right? This yeah. Is, this is the cool mini part of there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the action selection tiles, the upgraded strongholds. Okay. That's all upgraded stuff. Um, the Ronin tokens are was up were upgraded, uh, and I think that's most of it. But yeah, so those are all upgraded components that I got through the Kickstarter.
0: Well, and you yeah. know what, I, I would say that that helped the game for me. I mean, it yeah. it, it felt like a very premium, well made game. The monster figures are very well designed. Yeah, in our name. they're cool. They're really cool. The Oni. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, I definitely played again. Um, I probably want to watch some let's play strategy things because actually actually with uh, TI4 as well, I never had an in-game strategy. And and it showed. I I don't want to harp on TI4. The problem with that, I had an initial early to mid-game plan and I did it. It completely like flowed and worked, but it was not going to help me win the game.
2: What? race were you playing like what was your faction ability
0: uh my faction ability was it well it was an expansionist race but they could oh right you were the plant
2: you're the yeah it
0: was the arbor i right. could make a uh, you could
2: drop infantry, infantry in anywhere okay. right on. i
0: just wanted a very high economy in a great space fleet because i love space fleets yeah
2: totally
4: and
0: i got that yeah. and but then i wasn't winning so i actually resigned my strategy was to just keep myself in second place Because If you remember early on in the game, it didn't end up in this game early on in the game, because I was able to meet some random and public objectives, economy based pretty quick. I shot out clearly into second. Like there was a point where I was about three points ahead of anyone else. And I was fine ending the game like that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, with the game we played this afternoon, I did not end the game anywhere close to second place or third place or any other place. (laughs)
2: So, so I, I really liked Rising Sun, uh, which is nice because its predecessor, Blood Rage, I was not uh, too big on. I think we spoke about that yes. in a previous, uh, I think, a letdown section we did. So I was, uh, I don't know, I was hesitant. I, I got drawn into the hype of, of Rising Sun and, you know, I was I got it and I just ordered it based on the hype of, you know, Eric Lang and Simon Games and production quality and blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm happy that uh I would definitely play it again. Yeah. And I would certainly play it anytime over Blood Rage yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like um the game comes with a ton of different ton of variable that you add, you know, different uh smaller season decks to the main season deck, which are just a bunch of cards, which is the market, basically the the different abilities and the different monsters you're able to purchase and I have, there's so many fucking monsters in that box. (laughs) Like you've been playing with endless cadres of these monsters. So I liked it. It was good. I certainly would definitely want to play it again. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Great. Cool. That's all I got. All right. Bad segment's over. Okay. few. How many hours was that? Holy shit.
2: We were like 35 minutes right now. All right.
1: All right. Each segment gets 10 minutes. Here we go. go. (laughs) Okay. uh, Movie musings. Talk hard. Let's go. I want to blow you some kisses. Mm <laughs> <laughs> All right, Moby. We'll let you start, I guess, because it is your segment.
0: Well, yeah, you know what? I, I didn't know if that was a you take it. I got it because uh, you know it's your episode, but I will run with it. Yes, walk hard. Okay. The interesting thing about this is that you know we are very good friends, Leland, Marty, and myself, and we have seen a shit ton of movies and done Look, a lot. Uh, together. Not
2: twenty seven ninety nine good. Twenty seven
0: ninety nine. Okay. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> No, you're not that
1: good of a friend, You forgot it's Moby's memory. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was (laughs) nine minutes ago. I was, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys, I
0: forgot (laughs) already. But somehow, somehow Dewey Cox was something that Leland and Marty were watching together and loving, and somehow I didn't know about it, or probably just forgot it, but I had for sure not seen it. Until they showed me, I think, wasn't it New Year's a couple years ago? It was last year, yeah. yeah. And two,
2: two, two New Year's. Two, though. I
1: thought it was two New Year's. It was New Year's. Oh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't. Like, moving wasn't into the,
2: 2017. Yeah, it wasn't
1: this past year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he yeah, I, 2016. Because the funny thing is, too, is, like, Leland and I didn't watch it together originally. We had just seen it, and then we just started, like, watching it together. I don't even know why, but we, we've watched it together several times oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, probably, like, closer to 10 than 5.
2: Well, last year, in 2016, we watched it on New Year's Eve or whatever, right? Twice. Because we couldn't all get together because of the freaking snow. Yeah. And we watched it. And then, like, January, you guys were over for for games, and we watched it. And then, like, February, we we watched. And March, we were literally watching it, like, once a month month, for the first three months of that year. And And I thought it was going to keep going. (laughs) On
1: New Year's, we watched it twice. Did we? Yes. (laughs) What? I do yeah, remember it, that. Yeah. And the the reason was is it was like snow we went out to get the only thing that was open it seemed was our favorite pizza joint. We were walking through the snow. There was not a soul outside. No. Nope. Because everyone was hiding from the snow. We were like it was just like lights in the distance and a shining beacon of pizza. <laughs> we went and got our pizza, came back, watched walk hard. And uh, we started watching some some other old f- funny movies and uh, we just decided Walk Hard Again would be the best choice. So we turned it on again. <laughs> and it was the best choice. Oh, man. And we watched it twice. Yeah.
0: Well, it was one of those movies where it's consistently funny throughout. It has great jokes. The My best comedy or my favorite comedy is when it appears to be stupid on the screen. Like it appears to be a stupid joke, but there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And I find that in the songs, and you know, you know, our favorite part. Come on, it, there's there's a song called "Let's Duet," which is all sexual innuendo to the highest degree. Right. And there's a part where it's like a cutscene where they're building furniture, Dewey Cox and his girlfriend of mm. future wife, Darlene. Darlene, and. They're, like, building the furniture, like, she's sawing so aggressively, staring at him, and he's just hammering, not even looking where he's hammering, just, like, wailing with this hammer on a
1: chair. Yeah, and then he's screwing in a screwdriver. And, <laughs> yeah, screwing, yeah. And, like, he's got, like, really doweling, pushing. and he's, like, rubbing it back and forth, yeah.
0: And it's just, <laughs> it's hilarious, but then, you know, when we're all laughing at the same things, it does make it funnier. It does, yeah.
1: But, but
2: I don't know, man. I can't even count on like six hands the amount of times I've watched that movie by myself and still crack up every <laughs> single part, every w- single time. I was
1: watching clips last night and a few things together, get me prepared, and I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> up and, and like, there's there was things I was that didn't even really think about because sometimes you laugh so hard at a part you almost miss it, right? And uh, like one of the scenes that I really like is the scene he's um he's in, he's in the studio and he's. Trying to get his first shot at recording a record, and the record executive uh, is listening to him sing um, "That's Amore," and he tells him like, "This is the worst piece of drivel. It's ruined my faith in the Jewish community, and like all (laughs) these. Like it's the most. He goes just way way over the top, and that's what this movie is. It's so over the top for a parody because it specifically parodies um, the Johnny Cash movie. Yeah." It, which is w- a weird thing to parody to begin with. It really is, and yeah, it just yeah. takes it so far. Like so you know, it's not you know Johnny Cash might have been unfaithful. Well, Dewey Cox is just a sex addict, drug addict to yeah. the extreme. He has a hundred children. <laughs> and like, <laughs> He true. literally does by the end of it, you know. And he spends the last half of half of his life playing cat for them to meet them all. And like, <laughs> <laughs> and like, it, but back to that scene, like. He's uh he's like telling him like there is nothing you could do to change my opinion and like it just goes on and on and on <laughs> and then he sings a song and it just like blows this guy away but like just every line of dialogue is so like just filled with just parody and just ridiculousness and yet it's it never makes you groan like it never makes you go oh like yeah like the joke's gone too far right. it's it never feels quite that point to that point it always makes you laugh yeah and uh, i think that what that's what sets it out honestly like even though the wrong kid died is a joke that comes up like a hundred times in that movie it's always funny
2: yeah. it is it so yeah. is i mean how many times do we say the wrong kid
1: died? or the wrong something something
2: <laughs> exactly oh
1: man. well and i really
0: like uh the actor's name is tim meadows from snl um he plays a character uh-huh. who progressively leads Dewey into like every drug from gateway drugs to like slightly harder and harder and harder. And every single time Dewey walks in on him, this guy's like, Dewey, this is marijuana. You ain't want none of this shit. And then, of course, you know, Dewey eventually gets it. And then the next thing, it's like, you know. Well, I
2: I don't want no hangover. (laughs) It doesn't give you a hangover. (laughs) you got to get out of here. It's not (laughs) habit forming
1: he's like trying to dissuade him but encouraging him and then the, the last time. one's Viagra
2: <laughs> yeah that was he's <laughs> an yeah. old old man. Yeah. and so then
1: no, and I
2: don't want me and any and of then, that and shit then
1: Dewey's like no no I don't want it he walks out of the room and then he sees the like the musical group The Temptations and he goes oh The Temptations, the temptations! <laughs> and then he runs away <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is another running gag from the beginning of the movie like just oh yeah. callbacks and just oh yeah and like, like the funniest is that uh, you don't want none of this shit is and when he walks in, he's like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, uh, we're doing uppers and downers. It's the next logical step for you, dude. Yeah.
1: <laughs> also him ripping sinks off the wall.
2: Yes. Oh, my God. Yes.
1: By the end, there's a scene where he just walks into a bathroom and just starts knocking them up. And one of them he just touches, and it falls down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> See, that's what I meant by, like, stupid, but there's thought that goes into it. wait, like, we're, like, we're so crazy with the sinks. we got to have one that he just taps
2: yeah <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that was borderline bloopery and oh really, yeah, and okay. he just didn't put the full weight on it and act as if he should have been ter- i'm sure that, okay, was that i think that i think
1: somewhere. thought went into it i think they thought that'd be hilarious like <laughs> really? he's, like, I don't he's know. so strong but then one he's just like Ugh. <laughs> that
2: seems like a, a, a fortunate accident <laughs> oh, but man. anyway regardless
1: either way it's yeah, hilarious, it's hilarious. <laughs> and like john c Riley is so perfect. oh my god oh, this, oh yeah. he commits this me, so entirely this
2: movie made me fall in love with john c Riley. Yeah. If yeah. he was better looking, he would have made my top three. You know what? I didn't even think of it. Probably would crush it But
1: yeah. He he could have been there. Yeah. He's my dream daddy. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> I love when <laughs> when he's on PCP dude, he's running around in like the like sumo diaper. <laughs> and, like, he flips a car, and yeah. he climbs a building, and he's like, I'm <laughs> Zeus! He's <And> just, like, <laughs> pretending he's throwing lightning bolts at the cops, trying to get them down.
0: What was what drug was he on where he's like, I'm in a bad place!
2: he uh, was probably LSD, okay. I think. Okay. Yes, that's LSD.
1: Yep. I think he's LSD. on PCP when he's in the car. Yeah, he's yeah. on PCP. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, I love how the, the movie really revolves around his different periods of different drug addiction.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like
1: He goes through all these different musical periods, which fit with all the, t- the times in history. So he's basically like 20 different musicians in one. Like he's like Bob Dylan-esque at one, at yeah, one point. He's, he's
2: like totally. Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like a punk rocker yeah. too.
1: And then he finishes basically like Johnny Cash again. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it kind of comes full and through. And goes that.
1: out with a song that's literally about it, it being his dying song, and then he dies after he finishes. <laughs> right after the <his> performance. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and all of
0: those songs would, like, had the movie never been made and those songs were just written to be a comedy album, you know, released on iTunes or whatever, I, I think it would have been very popular. Like, I think the songs were that funny, that well written.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're, like, weird, weird Alish. But, I mean, they're in that same, like, parody vein, right? Yes. But, like, Weird Al, his parodies, uh, like, when you listen to them, like, you know they're a parody, right? They're supposed to be portrayed as a parody, whereas the songs from this movie are, they could just be real songs. Yeah. Right? Like, if if the song they weren't parodying you had never heard, you'd be like, oh, this is this is cool. And then you're like, then you actually listen to the lyrics, they're like, what the hell are they singing about? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. They all sound like legitimate songs. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, like well just walk hard it it sounds like a song it's a song yeah but it is totally encapsula- encapsulates that like johnny cash feel it of, does you know, it totally does Of like that specific time and era and and that's where it, it takes it keeps going that way right up till the end and it's it's really good and some of them are really funny some of them are just better songs but some of them are like really hilarious like um come with me, little midget man, is, like, borderline. (laughs) Let me hold you. Let me hold you, yeah. It's borderline, like, super offensive. Right,
2: but he was marching and he was advocating for little people rights at the time. So that song's about them. Little shoes, little pants, little song, little dance. Yeah. Little hearts, little minds, (laughs) but your rights Are as big as mine.
1: Were they called the (laughs) little? Those are
2: powerful words. Were some of them
1: from like the Little Panther Society? Yeah. 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 It's
2: powerful stuff. It was. Powerful.
1: Uh, It's a powerful week. Well, I mean, we could really just sit and talk about all the things we really like <laughs> you know, and, and not have any so, specific... That was our banter section. So,
2: you who <laughs> the listener who may or may not have seen it has zero context.
1: <laughs> but, you know, the reason I, I wanted to talk about this movie was because I don't think when people talk about the funniest movies they've ever seen or, like, the best comedy films of, like, the last decade or two, that this movie comes up nearly as much as it should.
2: I know. It's true. It's so underrepresented.
1: It just feels really underrated like i've seen some reviews that weren't that good it feels like people just didn't get the joke because like yeah, I, I honestly don't understand how you wouldn't love this movie
2: i know yeah. i know yeah.
1: not even objectively can i sit here and go okay i get why you didn't like it i did it, it's, it, it's insane to, like no it's yeah. uncomprehendable yeah i don't <laughs> i don't get it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh that's a good point to bring up like we have uh, an upcoming segment um about current Comedic film releases and and how they they seem to really be going downhill and there are nearly as many as there used to be and like this came out in two thousand seven like that was right around the heyday of of, of Apatow and yeah. all these all these like knocked up and all these different and, and types. This, this of was an Apatow
1: movie. produced film. Yeah, you know, I I mean, this really was right in the middle of that all. Yeah. You know, it came, I think, of right the year before Knocked Up or the year of Knocked Up. Yeah, so,
0: 2007, so it would have been the same year. Yeah,
1: so it was right out with that. It came out the year, a couple of years after um, 40 Old Virgin, which was kind of like yeah. a kickoff. Yeah, kick kickoff. Totally. Uh, and Anchorman, you know, like yep. all those were right around that era.
2: Yeah, the early 2000s, early the, to mid-2000s.
1: Yeah, I'd say mid, and uh, it, I think that carried right up until 2010, 11, 12-ish maybe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't see as many, at least I don't feel there's as many really quality, funny films out.
2: No, not
1: with that specific humor.
2: Yeah, and it, it almost feels like there was just this huge shift from straight up comedy to romantic comedy. Yeah, does it feel like that? Like there is a. I, I feel like that market is so has just blown up. Like I mean, you you peruse through Netflix, and there's so many of these, countless like indie-ish smaller films uh, with recognizable people. Yeah. Granted. But like they're big. they're just rom coms. Like there's there's a flood of them. Itself. I
1: know what you mean. Yeah, there's a lot of like indie rom coms. Yeah, yeah, and some of them are really good. Some of them are like, yeah. like good that I, I mean that I could watch it and actually enjoy it as a comedy film, but yeah. not to the extent of like laughing my ass off that I could in these movies. Like it, you you kind of get sucked into the human element to yeah. some extent, but not, um, not quite as much does it tickle your funny bone anymore. Yeah. And when, it, you know, I think what maybe even epitomizes that for me is a movie, um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where he has cancer. Yeah. And it's kind of a funny movie. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of humor in it. Yeah. 50-50, what, right? 50-50. Yeah. yeah
2: with Seth Rogen. Yeah and, yeah.
1: and it's got like some of those people from like those comedy films. Yeah. Yet it's not so much a comedy. It's like a serious movie to some extent right. with a lot of comedic elements and it's got a romantic plot and all that. But, you know, it, it started taking guys like Seth Rogen out of these films and I feel like a lot of them aren't doing these films anymore. Now, I know this is a segment for another day, but I think that's part of it. Like a lot yeah. of these actors have stepped away. Yeah. And I don't know who fills their shoes anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think we've, we've touched on before, or maybe this was just privately, I've discussed this, but with you guys. But, like we're like, I feel like we're we're in a transition of actor eras, right, like uh you know like the the uh, Tommy Lee Jones uh, era, you know, like that demographic of actors and actresses, and like now we're kind of catching the beginning of the next era of similar typed and possibly casted for future you know you know what i'm saying like yeah.
1: yeah like
2: i don't and i don't i i can't even put who are the current like younger younger popular up and coming
0: well up and coming is even harder like I, I can think of you know jennifer lawrence um you know, she's on the younger side. And yeah, I guess, like, you roster. know, like Pratt
2: and Lawrence and Brett they're and all Gordon in that. Yeah, sure, Pratt. sure, they're all in that. And they're,
1: you know, some of them are oh, close to 30. Some of them are closer to 40 already out of those yeah. crews, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I know what you mean, though, and I think a lot of like the...
2: Like, you know, the younger, like, mid-20
1: something. Yeah, but because a lot of the ones we were really growing up watching are now encroaching on 45, 50. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were 30 yeah. when we were 18, you know? Right, right, right. So now they're doing films where they're you know, it's, you can't be the, the silly comedy guy really as easily when you're 50. Yeah. Unless you're Chevy Chase and Community. And <laughs> you no, know,
2: but he did it when he was 70. So. Yeah.
1: And now he's 90. So <laughs> it, it's tough, right? It's tough for him to find those roles at this yeah. point. Yeah. So I, I really agree. And I think that'll be an interesting segment to really dive into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be in the next episode. So. Yeah.
2: yeah stick around. Is that where I read it? Yes. Must have been must have been yeah. where I read it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Speaking of Chevy Chase and community, I watched Tangenting. Uh, I watched the first episode of the Joel McHale show.
1: Yeah,
2: was not good. No, it's no, I've just heard. a bullshit like. It's like the soup, shitty. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a it's a shitty Tosh Point oh. oh, okay. He just, he just, it's just going over like internet shit. There were, there were, there was one part that I laughed out loud, and I couldn't even tell you what that part was now, but it was disappointingly bad i mean I, not that i expected it to seems be,
3: like
1: there's so much content on netflix now it's not always a home run when something's a netflix it, it can't not be even right? Close, no, right
2: no you you it can't be
1: it used to feel like it was pretty good like you'd be like oh that's a new show on netflix i bet it'd be interesting and now yeah. it's like you really have yeah. to pick and choose
2: uh i would certainly recommend altered carbon to you guys though
1: yeah it's altered carbon
2: altered carbon yeah altered. that was really cool
1: yeah okay
2: but that was uh you know anyways
1: Let's <laughs> yeah, we could we could go forever. Sure. If we start I also
2: here. recently watched Ingrid Goes West, and it was fucking garbage.
1: Oh really? I liked it.
2: You liked it? I. Did. I it was honestly painful. To, I could not. I could barely go, get through it. Really? She, I couldn't stand her.
1: Oh, I laughed my ass off. Oh man, I thought it, it was really was funny. So I, I, did was, not like I, it. I was actually going to recommend it to you. I rented I it before like it went on uh, Netflix. Oh. Um. I thought Maybe it was in the. I thought it was a man. really good movie. I don't think it was like a great like comedy movie. No, like. like
2: maybe That's that what I was expecting
1: because, but I think she was such a shithead in it. Yeah, and like, and it was like a super sad movie. Watching that, like this, like terribly, like depressed, like clearly, like ruined human being. Oh
2: yeah, she's insane,
1: and she's oh she's yeah, she's yeah. a criminal. And uh, you're watching it, but at the same time, I, I found it really hilarious at times. Um, maybe because I just have a horrible sense of humor. Huh. I enjoyed it a
2: lot. Yeah, just she like really like grated on my nerves, and like I couldn't stand her character. I mean, I know you're not supposed to like her, but yeah. like it was it was too much for me. It's very similar to first two seasons of Last Man on Earth. Um, <laughs> I couldn't stand, but until until I got to like end of season two, season three is when I actually started to enjoy it. But why
1: do you stick with it for that long?
2: Well, because it's not just. It's not like the whole thing is bad. It was just, like, the main character, like, oh, he man. was such a piece of shit, very yeah. similar to Ingrid, like, like annoyingly so that I, I, there's zero endearing qualities, mm. but the rest of the cast is great. is phenomenal, right? Yeah. And they're entertaining, so it's like, you know, it, it's not ruining the entire thing.
1: So what you're saying is Ingrid should have been nine hours long.
2: Well, no, I'm saying in Ingrid Goes West, none of the other tertiary characters were interesting at all. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, Mr. Batman guy. He was. I liked him. Yeah, he was interesting. But, like, like, you know... Everyone else is like, okay, they're just kind of there. Yeah, I felt, anyways.
1: Okay, well, we'll dive back into this. Into the, <laughs> In- Ingrid goes west uh, segment next episode, <laughs> where we review Ingrid goes west. Well, nine out of ten.
0: You know what, listener, go see, <laughs> go see. Uh, you know, Walk Hard. I don't. Do we want to give
1: it a rating? Because I think we'd all rate it super fucking high. But, I don't even want. I don't think no. it's not a movie I'm going to rate. It's yeah, it's it it's is. a ten. Okay, it so would I'm, I'm gonna, Honestly, ra- I'm, as a comedy I'm gonna rate it. It's it, if I have to get assign a rating to a phenomenal genre defining film like this, um, yeah, of course, it would be a 10, maybe an 11. <laughs> oh, come on! All right, I'll give it a nine and a half. What the hell's wrong with
2: you? Well, okay, look, i was saying, so, listen, look, I'm, I'm comparing it and I was thinking about this, and directly, okay, I gave Ragnarok a 10. And I would give this a 10, but there is, it is lengthy. It is a little long. There are in the middle. It does, you know, it's, it's missteps a little, little, little tiny bit. Now,
1: to be fair, just to cut you off, we do often watch the director's cut.
2: Oh yeah. Which is like 30 minutes longer. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I've actually seen the theatrical version then. Okay, I think I've only seen the director's cut. I think the
1: director's cut adds a lot of that, like Bob y sort of like. Okay, um, okay. It's that stuff where he, or uh, that stuff where he has his own TV show. Oh yes, and that's the that's the fluff. Yes, really.
2: you're right. You're yeah. right. That is that that is the point where it slows. Yeah. Okay. Nine yeah. and a half. <laughs> because Ragnarok had none of those parts. As and, and that's the, I'm comparing that only in terms of the perfect rating I gave Ragnarok. Right. right. So that's I'll go nine and a half. But yeah, it's it's a ten.
1: I understand it. Okay, so three yeah. tens. Three
2: tens.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd give it uh, uh, ten uh, Jenna Fisher slaps out of ten. <laughs> I love when she slaps him. She grabs him, kisses him, slaps him twice. He's yeah. like, "Sorry,
1: it's okay. We'll just be friends." And then she slaps him one additional time, like
4: <laughs>
1: three well, seconds. She, she goes into like kiss him again and then she slaps him even though she's initiating. She's
0: like, <laughs> we can't. We're friends. <laughs> it's like slap, slap, slap. Am, um,
1: so. Yeah, I'll give it ten blankets out of ten.
0: <laughs> it needs he less blankets.
4: He needs more blankets. It needs more and less blankets. Yeah, so he's
1: having drug withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, and he goes and, to and, rehab. Yeah, And then he's in rehab and he's shivering and the the nurse comes in and is like, doctor, he needs more blankets. So they give him more blankets. He's, the doctor <laughs> yells for more. And then he's he got fever and he's sweating and he, he, she's like doctor he needs less blankets and, he, and so they take his blankets off doctor commands it and then suddenly he's shivering he's hot and he's cold and the nurse goes doctor he needs more and less blankets and the doctor goes I know I'm afraid so, <laughs>
2: so- anyways check out uh, Walk Hard the Dewey Cox the Untold Story of Dewey Cox starring John C Reilly in theaters
1: in theaters now. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> now let's Nazi up this bitch, Marty.
1: All right. It's time for Video Game Variety Show. And I'm your host, Marty. You've been here before with me. Let me take you on a journey, listener. A journey to 1960-something. With, <laughs> <laughs> with BJ William Bobby Brown Blaskowitz <laughs> <laughs> As he goes hunting Nazis and uh, chewing bubblegum, and he's all out of gum. <laughs> I really like the new Wolfenstein game. I've been waiting to review it because I was waiting for Moby to finish it. Moby has not finished it because he was playing Xenonauts.
0: Yeah,
2: he's fucking
1: I, lazy. Know, I'll,
0: I'll, no, you know what? Honestly, it's because I've had a um, technical issue with my gaming laptop, which is really, really annoying. I'm going to have to bring it in. Um, basically, when I started Wolfenstein, it was working fantastic. And I had a major bug come up that's affected all games on that computer. Graphical bug that basically makes it unplayable. And even on the
1: minimum specs. Now, have you considered that maybe it's a easy virus? So when you're playing on easy mode, the game is glitching. The game hates you (laughs) so much for playing on easy that it it glitches. Now, did you click a link I sent you recently... Oh it was kind of uh, worded as sort of a gift like click on this you know funny video haha Yeah it said here's boobs Yeah so when you my... downloaded that link yeah it put a virus in your computer Is that why nine pop-ups open Well no that's why you're Only nine Your <laughs> games won't run on easy anymore also i have all your credit card information (laughs) okay
0: it's nice that you slipped that in
1: as a secondary
0: effect of your virus well i mean it you know and xenonauts has been fucking hard so that makes a
1: lot of sense your virus yeah so (laughs) i'm glad that one worked (laughs) <laughs> the, the game was so hard that even on easy, it, it assumed, okay, you, this, this you can play this. Do you put in the virus in that game that makes my own
0: soldiers shoot their own guys in the back of
1: the head each battle?
0: Because that's happening a lot, too, now. So, <laughs> uh, I'll you take know it, what they anyway. should
2: do? Is they should download, uh, release some DLC there. You have to pay 10 bucks to get the easy mode. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you that, can only play it on hard. You have to pay $10 bucks to get easier mode. That is
0: easy-phobic, and I resent that. <laughs> <laughs> I resent that.
2: Easy-phobic. Everyone's easy-phobic nowadays. I'm like, not scared of it. I just don't respect it.
1: Um, we prefer to <laughs> oh, be called yeah. ZZs now.
0: Z- Z-Z-Z. <laughs> I'm a ZZ.
1: ZZZZ. So, uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you okay. can tell we
2: haven't recorded in a while. <laughs>
1: we always do this yeah we do always tangent yeah.
2: i don't know this seems pretty e- egregious it's my favorite podcast word. so marty
1: loves <laughs> wolfenstein yes marty loves wolfenstein uh um, leland also enjoys it you know i was kind of on the fence about the doing this segment because moby hasn't finished and i'm gonna get very spoilery
4: yeah um, no i'm excited actually so to see goes. I, I
1: think we're just gonna have to let it rip so spoiler warning Uh, Oh, and spoiler warning for the Dewey Cox segment, if you were not knowing about (laughs) the blankets and less Blankets. (laughs) Yeah. If I ruin the joke for you, I'm sorry.
2: Trust me, I've seen that movie, like, probably two or three dozen times, and it doesn't ruin it.
1: (laughs) No, nothing could ruin it. No. Except I did say he dies at the end. It's a perfect movie. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah,
2: well, Johnny Cash is dead. Come on, it's a Johnny Cash parody.
1: True. Okay, so Wolfenstein. Stuff I loved. Uh, Just a rapid fire some stuff um i love the story insanity the story is just insane at times it is so just beyond violence robot heads uh moby does not know about that but we can dive into that i love robot heads love decapitations love nuclear bombs going off love the dream sequences they're heart-wrenching um the guns are great the strangely touching story that's like a kind of a, like a super sad sort of love story about like his not know- knowing if he's going to be there for the birth of his children and what he can do. He doesn't want to get close to his wife, pregnant wife, who's ridiculously horny for some reason and violent. There is a scene, Moby, that you have not seen yet, but yeah. at the end of the game, she uh, kills a whole bunch of Nazis to save you. She throws like a grenade back at them. They blow up. She rips off her clothes and starts firing machine guns and then, she, right. so she's got her naked belly and her, and her breasts bared and then she fucks you right there. Is she still pregnant? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's and, not easy. Really. like, the whole game, it has been building up to this, where she's, like, she, the pregnancy has made her, like, violent and horny. And <laughs> well, it <laughs> does, does to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know that, but from careful research after playing the game, oh, that's okay. a fact. Um... <laughs>
2: <laughs> Time for your
1: wife to get pregnant. i That's
2: from the 19
0: I don't want
1: her to be study. violent. So uh, I also love BJ's inner monologues yes. in in all the games, but this one he does a lot of. He loves Caroline's angel wings. Oh yeah, poor yes. Caroline's yeah. Uh, wings, Caroline. Yeah, no wings. I love the wheelchair in the beginning. Yes. Um, it's hard, a hard level, but it, that is difficult. It is, that really is really hard. Super hard. entertaining. Um, I loved Wyatt's drug tripping. If you save Wyatt, I love the fact that you. Don't have to say what you can save one or two, and it affects the game and the cutscenes. Well,
2: I love the Irishman's bionic arm that wants to kill him. So. That's pretty
1: cool. <laughs> and also, uh, killing Hitler gives you an achievement, and it and you die. Oh, can
2: you find him on Venus? oh you yeah. can't you just do it in
1: the in yeah that scene. In, in that scene you, <laughs> oh i didn't even try when he's like laying on the ground you can just walk him and get, like step it's like stomp uh, stomp hitler and you stomp him and kill him
0: <laughs> oh wow
1: i am so glad i've heard
0: that this is possible
1: okay right. so, I, so yeah.
2: there's a scene
1: uh you go to venus To venus. yes
0: you guys actually mentioned
1: that before.
2: okay you go to
1: venus and to to uh to
2: cast as yourself in the B. J. Blaskowitz movie that the Nazis that, are that, filming uh, as propaganda. Yeah, Hitler's wow. making because
1: of course he's always wanted to be a filmmaker. Right. So he's now a filmmaker. And he's like
2: an old, you know, he's like an old like senile oh, Hitler. Yeah. That and it's, awesome. it's a really good fight. He's like scene. pissing
1: his pants and yeah. like he shoots a guy just because he like misreads a line or something. Yeah. So if you misread the line, he kills you. And awesome. uh, if you even if you read it right, he thinks you're just terrible. And then uh, you have to do a scene where you uh you have combat, like it's like a fight scene against yeah, a Nazi it's like guy. A so the one guy goes in to fight, and uh, he doesn't know what to do. So then the Nazi guard like kills him. Essentially, or, like, <laughs> no, he bloodies his bloodies nose, nose yeah. and then Hitler shoots him. Yeah. Um, wow. So Hitler's just killing actors left, right, and center. You go in and murder the Nazi guard, and Hitler loves it. And <laughs> uh, but on the way there, you can just walk around and just kill him. And of course, the guards kill you no matter what. But it gives you an achievement for killing Hitler. Nice. <laughs> you Slabby. know what? I just love what
0: this game is so good at, at world building and at atmosphere building for what it is, because it's really kind of an alien world. I mean, you're on this giant submarine and it's this like alternate history, but now we're so far in the future from where the original Wolfensteins were, which was still Blaskowitz. He's been fighting all this time. Um, well, except for when I guess he's been in the hospital.
1: There is allusions to that too. Like he's been doing this so long. You can tell like he's world weary. It's like, he thinks this is the it for him well and one of my favorite
0: things that i thought was an amazingly like effortful touch is how in the pub or on your ship or in the cafeteria there is the original wolfenstein 3d but remade where you're trying to kill blasco with yeah right because now instead of hitler which you did in that game now the nazis made this propaganda
1: game yeah, to to kill blasker There's so like Russians amazing. and stuff you're fighting instead. Yeah, yeah it's way it's it's really. And it's cool. the
0: full game. It's it got is. like yeah. all the segments. Yeah, so it's awesome.
1: Because some of those segments were in the last Wolfenstein oh. game as like dream sequences, like nightmares you could play, oh, cool. but it was but in this one you can just pop in the arcade anytime. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Right? I spent a lot of time in there. Yeah, I really oh like that.
2: God. I just completely ignored
1: it. <laughs> I had actually played a lot of them in the other one too, so it was kind oh, of like, like yeah, same thing, right? Um, so for some reason, they're really fun. I actually like them better in the other one though, because it maintained your character model. So you had like your fully 3D character model and guns, but in that original game.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So that was pretty cool. That is awesome.
1: Yeah. I uh, own
0: it. One of the 95 games I've owned that's not played. So I will have to <laughs> play it when I fix my computer.
1: Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, this, some of the some of the things I didn't like as much, um, really one main one, and that was that the difficulty level bounced around quite a bit. Um, I was playing on a really hard difficulty, but I had a hard time maintaining that sweet spot of, like, this is challenging, but I understand within the gameplay mechanics how I can do this, and it being, like, beyond cheap, like, three hits, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe maybe I was just playing on too hard of a difficulty, but it does feel like the game is a little bit OP with some of the enemies, and... Some of them are a little bit bullet spongy as well. Like, it, you almost have to play in stealth mode, otherwise you're fucked.
2: Yeah, you do.
0: Now, I found it really hard to just, like, find a physical opening to sneak up on a lot of the guards who can call in reinforcements. And did you guys find that on, you know, yourself? Or was it actually pretty easy to find a spot to sneak up? Oh, no, the stuff sucks, man. Some of them are really hard.
2: The stuff's garbage in that game. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's tough, because, you know what, I, I do actually feel for you guys, because even on Goo Goo Baby mode, um, when those guys start calling in reinforcements, it is hard. Yeah. It is difficult
1: for me. I did save reload quite a bit for the stealth. Some of the harder stealth segments. Um, uh-huh. And I, I mean, thank God you can just save wherever, because on, on a hard difficulty, some of those checkpoints are tough if you couldn't just, like, save.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was spamming save a lot near the end of the game to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that was the toughest part, I think, for me. Leland some just thoughts on it
2: yeah I, I I also really enjoyed the story so before I played it I, I haven't I never played the first one so before I played it I basically watched uh, it was just like a plots uh, cutscene synopsis basically and so the reason I saved the Irish guy is because in that little montage it was like you know I think it was like a three hour thing I watched or something in that um the whoever was playing it saved him. The Irish dude. So, I was like, oh, well, I'll just continue as if I had just played it that way, right? I was like, so he's alive. This is the continuity i made. So, that was the reason I saved him as opposed to the other dude. Makes sense. Um, So, of course, I had watched that first movie play out with him, not Wyatt. So, that I had the connection to the Irish guy, right? So, it was re- I really enjoyed it. I really have no concept of how long it took me to finish because of how difficult it was and how many times you had to restart a specific <laughs> section, like I, I couldn't. Know, right? I couldn't even look. I can't. I can't even really tell you at what point. Like, if you think of a specific part of that game, I couldn't. I don't know where the progression of of that part falls into the narrative of the story. Like, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I mean, how how soon do you go to Venus? Like, is that like fifty percent of the game? Seventy five percent of the game? Like, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Um, but uh, the environments are are actually surprisingly varied. Um, Like, I mean, Venus, like if you go into Venus and you can't stay outside on the surface for too long in your suit because you overheat because it's hot as hell on Venus because it's super close to the sun, right? Right. So there's like cooling stations you run around and and cool your suit down and stuff. Uh, That's really cool. That's a really actually difficult section of the game, too. There are a few parts in that space station that are incredibly difficult. But yeah, I mean, I liked all the supporting character, the cast. Yeah, uh, me too. voice actors were great. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing that I was like didn't really care about is all the Enigma code stuff.
1: Yeah, me neither. Yeah, so I found that to be a the part that I thought was a little bit generic and tropey for like a uh, a story based yeah FPS like it just seemed unnecessary. Yeah, it was just to artificially prolong the game. Yeah, and definitely. I, I would have preferred if they just didn't have it.
2: Yeah, I don't honestly, know. it didn't yeah. do anything. I mean, you're just running around. You're getting collectibles. I guess yeah. though. Give you a chance
1: to go back and get collectibles, you missed.
2: Yes, and more, and weapon upgrades and stuff, yeah. right? You, so, but, like, a lot of the areas are different. Like, it's not just, like, st- strict copies of what you've gone through, I don't think. No, like, they have
1: some additional Yeah, specs, yeah. yeah.
2: So, I like, could you play through all of those, finish them, and then ha- be fully spec'd, like, halfway through the game? Like, when you, I don't even know, again, I don't even know in what pro- percentage progress of the game... Do you actually unlock the enigma chair and be able to go to find those guys because you're collecting codes for the whole game, but you you can't use them until a certain section, right? Yeah,
1: it's a little bit around part way, but then also you don't have access to all the codes to use and all the areas to go to at first. Right, of course.
2: Yeah, you can't. until the
1: end. Um, Yeah, I didn't really think they were that great, to be honest. There's also like an additional mode where you can just um, like a time challenge, like, you know, points type thing. Oh. Um, where you can just, like, try to kill as many dudes in an area without dying. Okay. You know, it's kind of like a mercenary Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah. It, I, I played that a bit in the original one. I just... Honestly, the gameplay's fun, but to me, it really serves the story for the most part. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a good, solid FPS... Like the guns feel meaty, everything's good, but there is a certain level of like generic FPS. I mean, it's just the nature of the sure. game, right? You're sure. gonna want to play that game once, maybe twice, if you want to play the alternate, you know, reality save the other guy. But really, I couldn't imagine firing it up several like just to play the shooting. You know, it that's not yeah. to me that's not the point of it.
2: Well, yeah, no, I agree, and and like I I did just that. I attempted to. I went back a few weeks ago. And threw it in the PS4 and fired up, like, right, go through some of the Enigma levels. But, like, one, they're difficult. So I'm sitting there, like, redoing most of the stuff. Yeah. And they're all stealth-based, right? Like, unless you're literally going in and you just want to do a run-and-gun thing and fight every single enemy in the area that you could, poss- they could possibly call in. You um, almost can't. You, can you- be the commander. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, that gameplay, which the stealth is not great right it's not a stealth game it's not supposed no. to, like it's not geared as a stealth game so it's not entirely fleshed out as you know possibly like a splinter cell or even an mgs which again are both not the best examples because that's not apples to apples because it's the third person to first person right You for sure right so those are different difficult comparisons and i would say unfair comparisons to really draw but as a as the nature of it being the fps I think that's why the stealth is is garbage, right? You, how do you, how do you, what's a? I can't even think of a a halfway decent stealth-derived first-person shooter. They don't exist, do they? Like I can't even. Mm. I mean, I suppose a lot of RE7 you need was stealthy, right? You need to be stealthy and that seemed to was, work fine um,
0: human revolution in first person or i actually never, never played
2: Human revolution. um
0: well i mean you guys have never played it but i've talked about it before SWAT four i consider an amazing stealth based um fps and yeah it's all stealth oh okay so interesting you know, so slot.
2: what kind of things did they do in that that differ from what they did in new colossus as far as stealth elements go
0: well, I mean, the whole fact that it's SWAT, basically every door, um, unless you're an idiot, you're going to, you know, stick a camera underneath to take a look. You're going to okay, wait until okay. guys walk away or walk to the door if you're going to breach it with C4 and blow the okay, door. Okay,
2: yeah, okay. Now that you say that, uh, you know what, the Rainbow Six games are like that too. Yes,
1: yeah. Okay, I was going to bring right. that up because yes, I have yes. less experience
2: with it. Right, okay, yeah,
0: okay. So it's
1: more like a tactical FPS where yeah. like there is a stealth aspect.
0: But... But in defense of SWAT 4, it does have a, an ongoing plot narrative where, like, you know, it starts out small, but you realize there's, like, this big criminal enterprise that's involved in things, and then you eventually have to take them on. That's cool. So it's not like it's just random police missions mm. thrown together. Okay. So
2: it does have an overarching narrative. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great, which is, uh, I think, nowadays, like like you said, Marty, generic FPS, the new new Colossus story mm-hmm. and characters is what makes it non generic, right? Like that's what you that's what FPS need to not be generic.
1: Oh yeah, well you, I, you need the world building. You Need the yeah, you
2: have to have it. Otherwise, otherwise you're just firing up a Doom. Whereas you may have fun playing Doom, you know, blowing up demons or whatever, but like there's nothing. There's not much else going on there.
0: Well, and I think I mentioned this in like one of our first ever episodes, like with SWAT Four, my favorite episode where there's like this sick, you know, perverted fat guy that you know kidnaps um like college girls it's implied that he rapes them but he definitely kills them and then like molds paper mache copies of them over them in (laughs) his basement but like as you go through his house before you get to his underground like basement dungeon you're finding like newspaper articles on him that you can read because he's like a serial killer and collects his own articles and you're finding like weird tools that should not exist in a normal house and your squat guys are like Making comments, like verbal comments on it, again to build that world. That's cool. So it's cool. Like again, yeah. it's not like you just break through a door and shoot things. So I, I think that would count as a good stealth stealth FPS that still has an overarching story.
2: Yeah, okay. It, it certainly sounds like it. But anyways, yeah. new classes does not have those elements. No. they're so going back to those Enigma machine missions are just. It is. It's a, it seems like a waste of time, right? You just. You're literally. It. It then becomes generic. Yes. That is generic. Yeah. That's all it is. And I don't know. I can. I mean, I can. Uh, I can. Like play a lot of games on on hard difficulties and struggle through them and fight and bitch and moan through them, and I can justify it to get the story, and you know, and get through the story, and as. Using the narrative as basic, almost as, it's just like, it's its own inherent reward system for those higher difficulties that I, uh, you know, play on. I'm not going to say enjoy playing on them, but I play on.
1: You got to chase that carrot.
2: You got to chase that carrot. And uh, sometimes you get sick of carrots, but there's still more carrots to get. So, where was I going with that? (laughs) I don't don't know. know. So, So, if it is lacking that narrative, then there's no point to play it.
1: Yeah, well, then the carrot's gone. Yeah. yeah. Then you're just running on, like, spikes, steel spikes for no reason. Exactly. You know, and that's part of this game. It has that narrative. It is pulling you along. But to me, I thought about it a lot, especially near the end, and I started thinking, am I having fun?
2: <laughs> so you forget to have
1: fun? <laughs> I I did. I wrote that in my notes. Did I forget to have fun? And I think I was at one point, and especially in the last fight, the last battle's really
2: hard. It's ex- incredibly difficult
1: like just stupid hard like it, it, i mean and
2: there is no way you could do that battle staying up top in the open i don't believe there's a single I way i don't you do think that.
1: you can do it without being almost border, without borderline gaming the game like trying to like you know just get super lucky like stuck to a corner hope a grenade just missing you by a millimeter you know right, like. right, right. And i only ended up beating it because the one of the last major gut uh, enemies glitched out and will stop firing at me.
4: Oh really? It was
1: like down to very little health. There was one left. And he was just standing there. And I just backed away and unloaded on him nice. with like, double shotguns and killed him. <laughs> nice. And I was like j- hooray, you know, it was over. You get the great cutscenes at the end, which are beyond violent. I want to talk about the the violence in that game. Um I think it sets like a new bar for for violence at points. Um the uh so BJ gets his head cut off in the Ooh. game?
2: Yeah, he gets executed. He gets
1: executed. So he gets caught. He's yeah. on trial. There's a really, really hard part, probably the second hardest part in the game, where you're, you you uh, take a gun from one of the guards at your trial, and you're fighting your way through all the guards. It's super hard. You have nothing to start with. You just have one gun. And then uh, you you fight your way out. You escape, and you end up in a room with your, your mother. And your mom. And you have a conversation with her. BJ, you know, breaks down and is... Basically, crying about mm-hmm. his life, and he's you know not going to be there for the birth of his kids, and then he realizes it's just a daydream.
2: It's a motherfucking dream. Yeah. Oh, he, and he's been carted to the goddamn executioner's block. Yeah,
1: he's he's there, and they're like executed to death. Okay,
0: was the fight a daydream, or was the whole game? The, a D-dream? No, the,
2: fight the, the, the daydream. courtroom fight.
1: Yeah, the hardest. One oh. well, of the second the hardest. The motherfucking
2: courtroom fight that I literally spent two fucking hours trying to beat. Me too. Was a oh. fucking dream.
1: I did it on Fuck. Oh. I did
0: it
2: on Christmas Eve. Jeez. that no. is so deflating
0: on like every level oh
1: the whole thing and then you're like oh mother oh you're wait a second aren't you dead because yeah because yeah, <laughs> your mom get your dad takes in the game sends your mom off uh when the nazis come to america because she's part jewish
2: yeah you rats, he on, rats her. on her and they oh. take her away yeah
1: so, um, you find out this as you're killing your father. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: What a happy,
1: happy, happy year Yeah.
2: Right, because you return to your childhood home yeah. and your dad's there.
0: Which is
1: great. It's filled with some awesome cutscenes. And
2: he calls the Nazis on you.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Ho, ho, ho. And you get caught.
0: So, yeah. So, like, his dad just went, like, full Nazi?
2: Oh, yeah. He his dad says, is, like, is, is full, full Nazi, like Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and that's how you get caught. Yeah. That's oh, so that's how, so yeah.
0: how you oh, That's a difficult fight in the that house, too. So they
2: bring the big airship over that Hel- yeah, Olga yeah. arrives on, and it literally picks the house up, and <laughs> oh, you're in the house, yeah. and they're trying to... And,
1: and it's constantly spinning yeah. around. and that's you know, a hard
2: part, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was really hard. Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you're on the executioner's block, and they chop your head off. Yep. And as your head's falling, the uh, your teammates have a robot c- that comes. And, a drone. And it comes from underneath like a waterfall thing. A drone grabs your head, drops a different head. Yeah. So it still into looks like a, like, oh, into a like a fiery pit that the head was falling because it falls behind a, a block and you can't see it for a sec. So they grab you. Another head they drop. <laughs> they take you. They rush you back. They attach you to a, a robot body. A super soldier oh! body. A super soldier body. Super soldier super body. Soldier body. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so your he- your head's been without oxygen for a certain period of time. They think you're dead, but miraculously alive and now you have a fully functioning body that's how you get out of the suit and that's how you get into Uh, normal, like your normal health again yeah (laughs) so now instead of having 200 armor you have you know 100 100 100.
2: okay so what freaking part of the game was that at because i got to that point and it felt like i had been playing for three quarters of that game already
1: (sighs) okay so i feel like that was probably
2: pretty quick
1: probably two-thirds the way through i think oh okay because like really okay what else is after that venus yeah, because you go to Venus because they think you're dead.
2: Yeah, that's right. So now ever now everything's thinks, thinks Blasquid's dead. Yeah. And you can hit the Nazis like super
1: hard. And then uh there's like what what's after that? Then the mage oh, you're getting the codes. Yeah. You mean, like the Oberkommando so, yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty there's not that much really.
2: No. Yeah, that's true. No, there I isn't.
1: guess at that point so you get to choose at that point like up- a major upgrade for your super soldiers. Body, right, and it can be like a stealth upgrade or like a a stealth upgrade so you can reach certain heights or like just an extra powerhouse upgrade. I chose stealth so I could go in these little tiny grates, like almost like a a snake or something, yeah. And you could just like slice people's ankles off with their (laughs) axe. That was a cool axe, is brutal. If you want to talk about the
0: violence, like there's been two games ever that have had such explicit violence that I felt a little sick to my stomach. Resident Evil 7 was one, this was the second. I, I mean, I knew it was a first-person shooter, but, um, I mean, I have a, I had, past tense, a decent graphical rig. And, yeah, it was gross, the amount of blood and killing, like, right in the beginning. Like, when oh, that... Oh, when she cuts her head off. she cuts her head off, and, and she's like, give it a kiss.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor uh, Caroline. Give us
0: a kiss. We're sweet, Caroline. Give us a kiss. And then... <laughs> but, but even just the whole thing, like, I'm afraid to use the... Um, axe, cause like I feel my clavicle like pain when I'm like chopping people on the <laughs> shoulder.
2: It like hurts me. Yeah. I'm like empathetic. You got the old swingers uh <laughs> <his> shoulder.
1: <laughs> that was like the natural upgrade from the uh the, the prequel game. If for the first the, the first game that came out, there was yeah. like a prequel expansion where you get a crowbar. Oh and it's that- basically
2: like two pieces of a pipe. Yeah, or one a with, pipe, yeah. One with the curved part and then one with like a yeah. sharp part. Yeah. That you use and you can climb walls with them. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's just a
1: tool he uses throughout the whole uh prequel. Yeah. And in this one he he gets an axe. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. funny. I also like the What was axes.
2: what was he using in the first one?
1: I think just throwing knives and a knife. Oh yes, yeah. right, right. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the axe is definitely a What's he gonna upgrade? get in the next
1: one? Like katana? <laughs> yeah. fuck. Are, are the Japanese <laughs> instilling this?
2: Oh, oh yeah, man, that'd be. What are the Japanese? I don't know. I can't remember. Man,
1: that's a good question. I think they're involved, but I can't remember now.
2: Yeah, because uh, oh man, that's a really good question. Yeah, they could totally explore that. Well, they gotta get involved now, right? They gotta step up after yeah. they excavated, uh, ex-executed ex- executed, uh, Olga on like TV. Yeah, the Japanese have to get in. Yeah,
0: yeah, and in like pretty much any you know, alternate future. The Japanese, basically, they're, they remain strong if they won World War II, but they only have the Pacific Coast in North America. Right. So they've probably been there. You're probably going to go to California or something like that
1: Yeah. Um, fight them. The, en- the ending in that game is really good. Like, just the last cutscene and stuff. Yeah. It's really rewarding. and It's worth it. Like, they round it out really good. It's Does he have
0: his kid, like, his kid born? And say, uh, ah, no,
1: they... they baby they, born. Baby. They get the... Uh, <laughs> They get the codes and everything, and they... I forget, what do they nuke? They nuke something to get away.
2: Um, what do they blow up? What the fuck? Oh, the, isn't the Roswell Institute? The Roswell Center. Is that where they have all the alien tech and
1: shit? They did in the first part, but then I think they blow up huh. that ship or whatever that they're...
2: Their airship, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. They um, take out
1: yeah. their major airship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they do that uh, when they have the Ober Commander codes. And then that um, evil general is on a late night talk show. and and she's like talking about stuff and they sneak in the back door kill everybody and then uh, you sneak out around the stage and you walk out and you can you basically just kill her Right on however you want like like, you have a choice well you just start you you, get to uh, I think
2: you literally cut her head in in half
1: yeah you shoot her I think and then you walk up and you You chop her head
2: you put the axe in her face oh yeah yeah you you cut
1: cut her head like in half yeah like you split her down the middle oh wow it goes in her face and then he breaks it off and her face just comes off (laughs) <laughs> and, and then she's on like the table dripping blood onto the ground and then um everyone's talking to the camera it's a big huge scene in in my game Wyatt was uh you know giving a rousing speech and then uh, <laughs> and then uh his uh, girlfriend Anna is out and BJ proposes to her with the ring he that she stole from him because she steals uh, your your parent, your mom's ring back and oh. that's why you go to your dad's house to get your her ring so you get the ring, she steals it, she's been wearing it the whole time He cuts, takes it off After he's killed her, cut her face off And then he proposes on TV as her blood Is like dripping off the table <laughs> in the background
0: Ah, oh, nice That's how it ends, it's, it's I loved it That's great, I yeah. can't wait to get it I mean, I definitely am gonna finish it It sounds so much fun And what a creative plot Like with the whole Venus and like the fact that you're In a
1: movie, playing yourself Yeah and yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. There. You, yeah, you get a crazy. script, but you're like so sweaty that like it rubs away part of the script. Oh yeah, <laughs>
2: you can like write the lines on your hand, right? Yeah, oh, and you're right. trying to read your hand. Yeah, and it's all mashed, and you have to like remember what the lines were, oh, yeah. so you can you can pick from a bunch of different ones, right? And get it right or wrong. And the lines are
1: great too. It's like I'm BJ. I've come to rape and kill your women. Yeah, it's like so <laughs> over the top. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh man can't wait for it yeah uh i did want to talk about the violence like did you guys think it was too much like yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, no i i I did i i would say maybe 20 percent too much yeah like i'm not i'm i'm very much you know and and i i don't want this to go like you know me thinking like it should be censored i'm not a censorship person but i just think for me personally it was
1: a little too much i thought the dog violence went too far everything else was fine yeah? Yeah, like, I don't think you should have to shoot your dog. You don't? Yeah, I thought that was my choice to shoot him. Well, if you don't shoot him, he shoots it for you. Oh.
0: Okay, but, y- yeah, but, I mean, it's not you that shoots the dog.
1: Yeah, I just mean, like, I don't think dogs should die. Still man on dog line. Oh.
4: Yeah. All the I know. People, you know all, the people, the
2: all the people are fine, but I don't think that dog should have died. Hmm. You know what I fucking hate in games is when you have to fight a dog enemy. They are so annoying. Yeah, they in are. Dark annoying. Souls, They're the worst fucking thing to
1: fight in the world. Yeah.
2: It's annoying when they run up to you and they get on you right away. Like, you have
1: a millisecond to react to them if they come out anyway. How about Resident Evil, where the dog's head's occasionally explode (laughs) and then stuff comes out and attacks you?
2: Yeah. It's terrifying. Like,
1: running through that hedge mage in RE4 with those fucking dogs. When do you ever fight evil cats? You never do. It's only (laughs) dogs.
2: That's true.
0: Well, it's because the cats are too lazy. They're like, no, we're not going to submit to your little guard duty.
2: Yeah. No, you're gonna submit to my lost flag as I'm, I'm injecting into your head.
0: Cats are so arrogant they'll overcome the lost
2: flag. Oh Jesus! <laughs>
1: well, on well, that note, all right. So talking about cats now, I guess we'll uh, rate this fucker. Let's do it. Okay, uh, we'll go to well, Moby doesn't get a rating, so we'll go to Leland.
2: Um, I do believe this was my top game of 2017. Was it not? It was. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to give this... Man, it's difficult to really gauge my rating because of the difficulty. I know, right? Like, that's certainly going
1: to taint my rating. I wonder if, like, that's our own fault.
2: It's I know, it's got to be. But then, like you said, though, finding a balance of engaging gameplay and challenge, right... I don't think it would be there on a lower difficulty.
1: I, I'm not sure. Maybe I should try it, though. Yeah,
2: maybe. I could replay it for Wyatt Root on a lower difficulty.
1: I would think I might try it again one difficulty down.
2: Yeah, see, the difficulty down is the one I played on. It's still pretty hard. Yeah. Like, I didn't play it on Terribility. No, I played I on the one below.
1: Okay. And Terribility was horrible. Yeah. Ter-
2: Billy is, like, extreme. Like sometimes And yeah. the next one up is, like, European extreme.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, M- MGS2 style. Yeah. Right? Like... <laughs>
1: You only live once. <laughs>
2: yeah, fuck. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with a solid eight.
1: Yeah, Um. you know, I think that's, that's a pretty good way to go with it. I'd say about eight and a half for me. Yeah, okay. You know, it's kind of hovering between eight and a half and nine. The more I had time to sit and think about the whole game itself and the gameplay mechanics and how I felt about it, other than the fact that I love the story and the world building, it, it doesn't really make me ever want to pick it up and just play it for the sake of playing it again. Yeah. So yeah, I think eight and a half for me.
2: Okay, cool. That's Sweet. it. So, Moby, you get you get no rating.
0: No, no, and it, that's completely fair. You know, I just say my Marty estimated yesterday is about fifty percent complete. I thinking. think you're close to fifty. Yeah, and my impressions are good. Yeah. I, it's not outstanding, um, but it's quite good, and I will finish it off.
2: Soon okay. As I can. Good. I hope you do, and you can get back to us with uh with a rating. I, I will. That's yeah, a good idea. All right, let's get uh, let's get the show on the road let's get into the crazy about cardboard segment whereas as uh, Marty previously alluded to at the beginning statements of our episode this is uh we're gonna be talking about classic games and what we think what we think could make makes a game classic you know in quotations uh, what games up and coming like could be well, it could become classics, what we think should already be a classic, that kind of thing. So, uh, the first question we kind of had is, um, what do you guys think uh, makes a, you know, seemingly average, possibly at the time, but what makes that game a classic? What do you think, Mo? Well,
0: you know, I've, I've got a lot of notes on this today. I've got some pretty amusing stuff, um, I, I hope. I think a classic game, uh classic board game, uh, has to have accessible mechanics, first of all, because I think... Actually, I should take a step back here. I kind of went at this at the angle of games that are very popular and widespread, you know, such as your Yahtzees, Monopolies, Unos, those kind of things. And I may risk, and I may or may not have gone down the right track with that. Okay. But that's kind of, you know, where I went. I, I think if we want to... Was your intention to talk about both hardcore and casual? Like, were you guys thinking about talking
1: more hardcore and casual board games, or? Yeah. When I was thinking classic, I was thinking in terms of the ones that have been around a long period of time and have okay. stood the test of time, like a Monopoly, like a Yahtzee, uh, maybe even like a Axis and Allies, something that's been a big name for a long time. Right.
0: I think there is, again, accessible mechanics. I think games that have very opaque mechanics uh, really have trouble getting to that classic level outside of the board gaming community because I think it's a lot like the Nintendo Wii. You have to have that accessibility um, to have something that has a lot of widespread popularity. Unfortunately, I think that comes at the cost of creativity, you guys alluded to it by talking about Lord of the Rings Risk. There are so many friggin' risks and monopolies and lot, stuff yeah. out there. And one of the things that I I think is indicative of a game that the public thinks is classic, but unfortunately hurts creativity is that constant
1: reskinning and reissuing of these games. It's like there's always a palette swap of these things. It's like rather than even changing a mechanic you just, uh, you know, you make a Vancouver in the box. Well, <laughs> e- exactly. Yes.
2: But okay, but th- those types of games, though, they have to, and that's how they keep selling them, right? That's all they they. Okay, a game risk. The game is, is so long standing and been around. Everyone knows it by name, right? Now, I disagree that that makes that should fall into the criteria of what makes a game classic. For okay. for me, the term classic, I think, comes with a, with some quality. But I guess that could also be debatable, too. But since it's been around so long, they it's a property they have. It's a game that's cheaply produced and mass-produced. They need to reskin it to keep selling them, right? That's all that becomes. Yeah. So uh, you, you think that... Falls into a part of a gaming classic that you think risk is a classic world. Oh,
0: I don't think that should make it a classic. I think that's indicative of what happens to classic games. I think it's like a signal. Of so
2: you're equating classic to popularity? To sales and popularity. Sales and popularity. Okay.
0: Uh, okay. For, for me. Sure, I mean, sure. No, that no, might that's, not that's be valid. On, but, that's totally valid. You know, same like a.
2: I will know, say, though, movie. even with. There is a, a version, Star Wars Rift recently came out that it's not even risk at all. They basically slapped the risk name on it to sell those copies. But the game very much plays more akin to the Queen's Gambit Star Wars board game. Interesting. Which of course is based off the Star Wars old Star Wars Rebellion video game, right?
0: Interesting.
2: Um so yeah I, I think you can you can take advantage of that and make it work for you both ways. Still now injecting that creativity into something that that I've heard is an extremely enjoyable game, especially you know Queen's Gambit is fucking impossible to get unless you're gonna be paying an, an arm and a leg for it. So right. I think you know there there is a, a positive side to that maybe that reskinning thing and these these you know long-standing you know, quote unquote classic games being well known and you can take advantage of them there
0: there is a negative side to reskinning too as i was arguing and to back up my point i have done some research on some of the most ridiculous skins specifically for monopoly okay i found Have any of you guys done research this is gonna get this is gonna get weird okay here we go okay so i've got a number of them before we get into the what the fuck ones um disney villain monopoly that was very specific I felt, and I really wanted to see the cards on like what your community chest would be or what like boardway would transfer to for Disney villains. Um, one that I thought was just exploitationist marketing and I don't know how they would turn it into Monopoly, Walking Dead Monopoly.
4: Um, that is, yeah, that, I, is, that is a total slap on me.
0: One that is going to be incredibly appreciated by the T-HUD podcast and the one we wish we would have bought years and years ago, Horse Monopoly. Oh. <laughs> all horse space. Everything is horses. <laughs> the cover is horses, like running in a field. And that's all it is.
1: Did, uh, did you stumble
0: across the Red Tube Monopoly? Uh, no, Marty. That one's still under development. Oh, okay. I basement. think I Kickstarted it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were the only backer. Okay. I, wow. crea- I created the Kickstarter. <laughs> yes. Uh, another weird one. Bass Fishing Monopoly. Wow. I don't know. Weird. It's got like this giant bass coming out of the water with a hook in it. <laughs> now... Another weird one that is apparently incredibly cult popular and very expensive to get, Sunmade Raisin Monopoly. What? The boxes, all those red Sun Made Raisin boxes just like stacked on each other. I don't know how you make a whole fucking monopoly out of that, but it's like... This one is incredibly prestigious and popular, very difficult and expensive what to the find. Fuck? Is that just like a subculture
1: of like monopolies
0: where people yeah, what the hell? I still like, wonder?
2: This is like a weird monopoly fetish? Like this is a fetishist thing.
0: There's a tiny village in England that has done nothing ever in history called Swindon, and they have their own monopoly, professionally named.
1: <laughs> okay, now <laughs> how about this? How about a monopoly called just monopoly monopoly where it's just a bunch of different monopolies oh in the monopoly. that's meta <laughs> so every like yeah so like you you <laughs> land on the lord of the rings monopoly wow.
2: that is meta that's funny
1: that
0: would
2: uh, be awesome actually
0: When <laughs> i found that leland would want it'll be his next birthday present one direction monopoly
2: oh wow yes. Uh, yes. i hope it still comes with zane it
0: oh, zane is on it okay good is he boardwalk Oh, he better be. Or are they like the characters you play as? Uh, I didn't look that deep into it. Why didn't you look into this? Yeah, what the fuck? You know what? I really should have because it's really interesting when you talk about it. Like, you really want to see how you build this fairly complicated casual game. Like, you know, there's a lot of cards and properties and stuff. How do you make that for raisins? How many raisins (laughs) exist?
1: Simon Cal, X Factor error in your favor. Collect $100.
0: (laughs) Now, Beyond that, there I've found there's two more. There's two more, and one is the Monopoly I most want to play of these niche ones, and one is the least. Now
1: let's guess what his most want to play. Oh fuck, you will never guess. Okay, so uh, Top Gun Monopoly. If that
0: exists, which I haven't found, then that would have been yes. Okay. okay.
1: Um, Bible study Monopoly. Oh, I was gonna say God Monopoly. (laughs) Uh,
0: You know what, guys? Because because Okay, whatever. G-
1: it? yeah, it's, it's just because the
0: art actually looked really well done from what I could see. Street Fighter Monopoly. Oh, oh yeah. it like actually. really cool, good art like on the board and everything. Huh. And it, it looks like they tried hard. Oh, we weren't close. Nope. The one that I least want to do, which again you'd never guess, so don't even try, just because it looks boring is all shit. Research in motion monopoly. Not Blackberry, the company that makes right. Blackberry. In but America. just for their own company. Which what? is like some tech
2: company in what? Canada? Who put who put that out?
0: I don't know. What's like The tagline says, "Celebrate the 25th anniversary of this Canadian legend." Wow! And it's like no, I have better things to do than play research that's
2: weird. In motion.
0: I'd rather monopoly. play Pied Monopoly. Yeah, that's there too. I've got a note. Why the hell, when I
1: gave this to Leland ten years ago, have we not played it? Yet? <laughs> why have we not made it? Why have we not we had to, made to make it, it? it first? we should yeah. we honestly need we, to we honestly it. need to and we, we should play a drinking game out of it yes because yes. we don't... drunkopoly yeah drunk tea or
2: drink sorry drinkopoly which yeah. then turns t- into drunkopoly <laughs> <and> halfway through <laughs>
1: yeah halfway through not just one turn through
2: <laughs> honestly the best times we ever had playing monopoly was when we were playing drinkopoly
1: oh yeah i think we have only done it like three or four times and we, the That's worst true. decision we ever made was allowing us to use shots as betting tools. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. I okay. So, so a, a shot
2: of beer was worth a hundred bucks. Yeah. And a shot of hard. And, and a shot of hard, hard was worth a gram. Makes sense. Right. So we, if nobody wants a product it goes up for bid. A I mean, is, mean, it's not my fault you guys are bidding three you know, thousand dollars for this <laughs> for fucking dag of a one
0: you know, Leland betting three grand to get waterworks, you know. That's the kind of thing that Leland
1: Steel does, ladies and gentlemen. Now, on a a gross uh, part of this topic, i once watched Leland barf on a table in front of me after betting way too much money. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which caused a chain reaction. I'll leave it at that. Well,
0: how the game starts, right? Because what happens? You hit, like,
1: Baltic, or like
0: one of the stupid start cities, and you're completely sober, so you're like, Oh, I'll do three hundred. No, i will make getting. No, I'll do one thousand two hundred. So you're like drunk <laughs> before the first round is done.
2: Yeah, before you hit cross go. What did we even get for going over go? I have
0: we
1: ever gotten? No. Oh, you got you got to uh, hand out shots. Oh, that's oh, right. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh man, I couldn't play that. Now it would kill us.
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
2: Yeah, uh, I think. Okay, that... we're getting way off topic.
1: Yes. No, that
0: was entertaining though. Um. I did have a question I wanted to pitch to you guys. Yeah, uh, and it, you know it's very popular. Catan, would you consider that now into that sort of casual popular yeah. classic? Yeah, I, I would.
2: I would certainly I would say Catan is a classic. Uh, I would. I would put Ticket to Ride as being a classic. Mm. Um, and it's interesting, like these classic games are known. You know, they're they're basically they're gateway games. They right? are they're gateways exactly. into into uh, the hobby hobby board game. And I so I don't think, you know, I think a lot of people would argue something like Castles of Burgundy could be a classic. You know, I think some of these newer classics could also be uh, defined by designer. Like if a lot of if you think of, okay, like Castles of Burgundy, Stefan Feld, if you think of a Feld, Feld's repertoire of, of designs, I think that's what people lean into and say, you know what? this is a classic felt, you know, this ah, has, this has like, this is a, this is a classic Rosenberg kind of thing, like a classic Rosenberg. And because, because a lot of those designers, you know, they, oftentimes they, re- they repeat mechanics, they refine or they add, right. And they use them in different ways, but generally they got kind of a skeleton, you know, they have a structure that they, they add to or take away from generally. And, and they build a catalog i think that's a lot easier to to ha- you have just a narrower scope right and then that then that that classic meaning is i mean it's a little i don't want to say downgraded but i don't mean that derogatorily you know what, you know what i'm getting at like it's yeah. much easier to apply that label to something in that smaller pool of games and comparisons What's
0: interesting is when you were talking there and you're saying, you know, like this is a classic Rosenberg or whatever,
1: it it, it sounds like you're talking about art. And, and maybe it's coming to yeah. that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You know? Also makes me think of like a famous director, like, oh, that's like a classic Spielberg film. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
2: Totally. Because it's, you know, they have their style, they have, yeah. a, they have a directing style. They have
1: actors they like to work with.
2: Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Right. They, uh, Yeah, exactly. The designers, they have a designing the style. They, you know, um, it could be a specific mechanic that they enjoy working with and tweaking around kind of thing, you know,
1: which is interesting when you think about something like a monopoly or a risk, it does really remind you of like a call of duty or like a NHL game where it's like every year or as often as they can, we get the new you know version or like a different version or a spinoff. Yeah. And you almost see those as that little aspect of that culture. Like, you almost wouldn't even consider it part of board game culture, you know? Yeah. Really. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to fit with the hobby anymore. It's just this very, very casual, almost, like, just it's about being what it's about now Mm -hmm. rather than being something new and, uh, you know, innovative. So maybe classic wasn't the best term to use on those types of games. Maybe they're just the old guard collect. Maybe they're the collectors. They're, like, a collectible... Thing. Sure,
2: but you know they—they they certainly have their place, and they've laid this foundation, right? Yes. They have. Like they, I mean, without those, like they're stepping stones. Yeah. And they're and they're an integral part of the to where the hobby is now and where it will continue to grow to, right? So they certainly should not be just dismissed. I don't think, and I think I got no problem with saying they're classics. If you want to use classic in that way, what, what's what's bad about that, right? Yeah. Like I mean. This is again like there's you could define the word classic. It's an open ended. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean you get back to those Call of Duty things and in terms of in terms of of that style of game in the hobby board gaming industry, I think the closest you get to to that is is gonna be like party games. And one specifically coming to mind is code names. Now that codenames has sold like millions of copies. And yeah. that's insane for board games. That's insane. And there are so many different iterations of codenames that are always coming out. Like Codenames, Codenames Pictures, uh, Codenames After Dark, Codenames Duet, Codenames Disney, Codenames Marvel. Like there's a, there's so many iterations. And they keep selling. Because again, like I think with those reskinning of, of Monopoly, and yeah, you can say the codename, they're getting reskinned. I mean, Duet, I would argue uh, not so much because that's specifically a two player version of codenames so that's a different thing but okay you, you take some disney characters and and throw them out instead of like abs- more abstracted pictures you're 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 reskinning it right it's the same fucking thing sure yeah but that's i think that's where that reskinning the positive the positive side of that comes in because then you you get to play so you, I, it's weird but it's almost conflicting <clears throat> excuse me it's almost conflicting ideology here but you get the mass market and apply that mass market to niche markets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can you can target them. You can afford to target those smaller markets for people. Like not everyone is going to want to pick up code names Disney. I mean, I don't give a shit about Disney char- like Disney characters. Um I I would probably play it and be pretty poor at it, right? It's not I would never pick it up. But personally. there's a place for it. Absolutely. And there. that's
1: going to introduce people to something different than what they're used to absolutely well. absolutely well my follow-up question that i've been wanting to ask is uh leland is someone
0: who's in you know kind of wired into the hobby um is there a, a level of snobbery to these gateway games or casual games you know being called classics or
2: like um now, or? i don't think so because i mean there's always gonna be some snobbery from some sex of any hobby right like yeah it's it's unavoidable Right. and i often find myself thinking and being a little snobbish sometimes which i try to avoid but no like you, you if you speak to like 99% of anybody in this hobby and like what was the first game you got into it's going to be so like Dan, right yeah um yeah. and everyone like everyone everyone who's played it uh and are at the point uh, you know, like are so are now so advanced and well versed with the rest of the scope of the industry like they they probably don't play Settles of Katana anymore, but they still look back on our fond memories and don't wouldn't hesitate to to introduce it to somebody. Or if someone really wanted to play it, you yeah. know what? Fine, throw it on the table. Let's do it. I've had I've got great memories playing this game. Well, there's nothing sure. wrong with the game. No. It's a it's a it's a fun game. I mean, should the you the three of us played it back in the day too, right? Like we started with it as well. Like
1: Yeah, yeah. I would consider yeah. that our gateway. It was, was, it really was. Yeah. For sure. Yeah,
0: and, uh, you know, I think you were going to answer kind of negative to that question because I creep you on Twitter, at hud underscore Reppin.
2: T underscore HUD underscore Reppin. Sorry. With sorry. no G.
0: And uh, it seems like it's a very positive community. At least the people you're wired into, they seem happy and joking and lighthearted for the most part. Yeah. So, you know.
2: I mean, I I'm... My, the entirety of my Twitter existence is basically just being a troll. So no. oh, the man. fact that people still put up with me and still <laughs> interact with me <laughs> should say some good things about them. I mean, hashtag Encouragable Club. Shout out.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's good cause, stuff. because you're damn hot. That's, yeah. right. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. I'm
2: funny too, and I'm smart. No one cares about that. I'm not that. just a pretty face. You're a pretty face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all that you are.
0: You're cardboard candy. <laughs> I wanted.
1: To, I wanted to know if you guys um, feel there are any classic games out there that we really feel deserve their status. Like, okay, this like this is probably considered a classic game, and it's very deser- deserving of it. Yeah. Like, is that what a Catan is to you? Like, yeah, uh, I would
2: say yeah. yes. Okay. I, and again, and again, it's 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 like how it's so open ended. This this oh. term, right? This this label. But I do think they. Are classics again because of the nature of uh, of of how well they are to at introducing people mm-hmm. and like Moby said, uh, mechanics are easy to grasp, they're relatively simple, um, they're but still remain engaging throughout gameplay. Right? They're not. Mm-hmm. It's not. You don't jump in and you're not just rolling dice every turn. Right? And then you know, oh great, random stuff happens, kind of thing and they yeah they're totally accessible uh i would i yeah i think they're well deserved i can't really think of anything that that would be considered to be classic and and that i fully disagree with i mean mainly because like a lot of a lot of the games like i just have never experienced right, right? i mean you you can't how do you and again the classic games to be different classic to everybody
0: I I fully disagree with Risk as a classic. Yeah. I will admit it's considered one, but I, I actually, Newsflash, don't really like Risk, even though we played it a few times. Um, I find its mechanics, frankly, just boring. It's what you just said. It literally is just moving piles of, you know, nondescript pawns across the board and rolling dice and just matching up dice. Yeah. And, you know, higher or lower. And I think where Access and Allies is a classic is... Its innovative way of scoring hits allowed it to build several different levels of units, which Risk doesn't have. And I saw a lot of Axis and Allies in Twilight Imperiums. Oh yeah, which were basically just the inverted mechanic.
2: Axis and Allies was apparently a very, very big influence on.
0: Sure, and even that the larger ships can take two hits, battleships and Axis and Allies can take two hits
2: too. So yeah, and and you know it's. I mean, yeah, I I okay, I agree with that. I agree with you for sure. I I very much like *Accident Allies. Now I enjoy it. Okay. I back when we were playing it and we were teenagers, I was not so hot on it. I don't know what the resistance was. I don't know why cuz I never really gave it a fair shake. Oh yeah. I will honestly say but yeah, it just it just it's just a, a notch above, right? It's And I would say though it does lose some of the accessibility. Yes, I would agree. For sure. But the 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 different tiers of units just uh, just inject the so much more strategic value to the game overall. And uh, honestly, you could you can full fully ignore it if you want it. I mean, you could just build tanks, tanks, tanks all you want, right? Yeah. You're just rolling. Those are just the, like nice mid range. You got to hit those threes, threes are lower or, or whatever it is to to, yeah. to to land the hits, like. They're a solid unit, and if that's how you want to play, just roll an army of tanks out into Germany and <laughs> take them over if you wanted. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree with that. Axis and eyes is a great game, and I think uh, a lot of a lot of the parts that Ti4 emulates uh, are really a big part of what makes Ti4 so fun to me, mm-hmm. and and so enjoyable, and so again strategic and tactical and. I mean there's so many different ships you can compose a fleet of your own ships in TI4 so differently and uh, man it's just yeah so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was trying I was thinking of any games recently released that I think might uh could have opportunity to become considered a classic. And man I uh I'm really Thinking. It was, do you guys have any anything that jumps to mind from the, from the few games you guys have played? Anything that you think?
0: I think overall, I think Pandemic will be looked at as oh, that yeah, within yeah. ten, yep. fifteen years, Absol- yep. in, including Pandemic Legacy, because I think that was kind of a a door breaker. Um, in legacy games, you can correct it me was. if I'm wrong.
2: No, no, yeah, it, it absolutely was. Yeah, it started the, it, it the trend started of that. legacy games. And absolutely. I think
0: being a trendsetter like that, especially with how the hobby's blowing up, I think it'll be like a considered a hall of fame, you know, game. Yep. Um, another classic that we played because it was a classic, uh, Twilight Struggle. Long time, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Time,
2: absolutely.
1: So that one already is a classic.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those are those are really good choices. Really good choices. You know,
1: I, I think uh The Resistance for me mm-hmm. is one that I don't know if it is for other groups of people, but yeah. I think for us it's a considered a classic. Yeah.
2: You know, that's an awesome pick because like if you think you think of any social deduction game that is released since, it is always directly compared to The Resistance. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a very a sign that's you have that foundation, right? And like games like Secret Hitler like it's basically the, it's the resistance with maybe a couple more things you you do. Yeah. Now I wasn't a big fan of Secret Hitler. I only played it twice, but uh, people ran and rave about it. And but man, Resistance is is it for me, man. I love Resistance. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. That's a really good choice.
1: Based on that brief experience I had with Secret Hitler, I thought that the Resistance was better.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with that too. I. Yeah, the thing about Secret Hitler. So we were playing. Full 10 players, which I think is too many. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, they're not... The rules aren't that hard to grasp. We, I briefly had known the rules and, like, relayed them to you, like, right before playing. Yeah. So, no one really taught us, like, officially taught us it as we were playing. But the two games we played, I played, I was... First game, I think I was the fascist. Second game, I was the liberals. Both times, all I did was vote yes every time to whatever was happening. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if I became the guy to choose with the laws. I don't even think I was ever the chancellor in any of the games. But I did the exact same thing every single turn and both games I won. So yeah. I don't know what that says. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what that says.
1: I think part of it too is we being not familiar with the group of people we're playing with takes away from it a little bit. Because when you do yeah. know the group a bit, it does help with the social deduction aspect and the That's interaction. True.
2: That's true. You get you get your own group meta. Right. Yeah. And then you can read I mean you you can usually read your friends pretty well too sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that could be part of
2: it. Yeah, that could that could very well be part of it. Yeah. Totally. I mean there were a great group of people. Um were they? <laughs> they definitely Uh, enjoy that game i know for a fact all those people like fell in love with that game when listener introduced them to that group and that was like he's he actually said to me that it's difficult for him to get them to play other heavier games other styles of games because they just want to play that game so much
1: (laughs) what other podcast actually interacts with their listener i know I know, right? I had
2: listeners sleep on my couch last week, I forgot. What 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 other
0: podcast is so
2: desperate to keep their
0: one (laughs) (laughs) listener? You know, it'd be kind of pathetic if we didn't have our gigantic audience of one.
2: I'm so glad we have our our hundreds of downloads to really help us sleep at night.
0: (laughs) Those are all us over and over and over
2: from different IPs. You know how many different accounts I have? How many different iTunes accounts I have? (laughs) Leland Steel one, Leland, Leland Steel, Steel two, we Steel three.
0: Marty Red two, Marty Tube Galore, Marty. <laughs> and, I I and I can count. Use numbers. pretty
3: <laughs>
2: <high>. <laughs> Okay. Were there any closing remarks you gentlemen might have on the topic of classic board games?
0: No, I just think it's it's heartwarming and exciting that we've recognized classics that are. Being made in the last few years, like yeah. we just spoke, I think about it's DC really classics sure. now that are being built that will last 50 years or more.
2: Yeah, I think it's, I think that's cool too. I mean, like, shit, pandemic is, I think pandemic's just over a decade old now. I think it came out in 2007, if that's right. Uh, I could just be pulling that out of my ass, but yeah, I mean, 10 years is not a long time, or no. 10 years. Yes, in that respect, it's not a long time. But 10 years is also, if you look at the growth as hobby, a long time and a lot has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for it to still be, you know, as high ranked as it is, like, again, it's a great gateway co-op game. If You want to uh, introduce a co-op game to your play group, you ain't going to do better in Pandemic. No. It's like it's no. simple. It's got a really cool refresh mechanic on that infection deck. Um, again, there's there's like four or five different skinned Pandemics. You can get a Pandemic Reign of Cthulhu. You can get Pandemic Iberia, which is wow. literally just set in like, uh, what is the time frame, 1800s or whatever, Iberia. Uh, there's a pandemic um, when they recently released that basically instead of dealing with uh, diseases, you're actually dealing with like flooding. Oh,
3: um, wow.
2: There's tons of, and ah. yeah, there's tons of different skins for that too. So that just goes into the same thing, right? Well, to the point that these
0: constant reskins are indicative of maybe something becoming considered a class yeah absolutely. A signal yeah. that was my
3: point absolutely so.
1: what about hungry hungry hippos
0: <laughs> well
1: what about it
0: Like <laughs> to say we put him to shame when we eat pizza
1: <laughs> you think we could make a hungry hungry hippo skin with just us eating pizza, hungry, oh. hungry tea. Hud, we've got <laughs> to have it eating that uh, thirsty, that, uh, thirsty ragin, tea raging, raging
0: Cajun head. little bits of pizza we introduced you to, and you liked oh, that. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> cajun. I think like
1: thirsty, thirsty tea. Hud,
0: <laughs> yeah, little beer bottles, <laughs> yeah. going... lucky, lucky. <laughs> Rocky, oh, around. and it's like our heads going out to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: okay, all right. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's wrap this up. We're All just right. over the two-hour mark now. Sounds good. Banter ran on really long.
1: Yes,
4: it did.
2: <laughs> well, I actually, I liked that discussion. That was nice. Yeah, <laughs> it was, that was, was good. good. It was good we, we
1: were, like, civil, and, like, I thought we came up with some good points and analogies.
2: Yeah, the carrot thing? Spot on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leland and I came to agreements over Lincoln early on, <laughs> so... <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you for that, Bird.
1: <laughs> I got to give out a lot of high ratings, which I love to do.
2: Hell yeah. Got, yeah. I got, I got, I sometimes I, high, sometimes
1: high, Sometimes low. low. <laughs> sometimes high, sometimes higher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love the love things. Got to love the love. All right, let's do right. it. Okay. end of the show stuff.
0: Give us, give us the uh, final.
2: Uh, if you, if you like what we're doing, you could, you know, uh, give us a rating on iTunes. That's where you can find us. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find me on Twitter at t underscore hud underscore reppin. You can find our. We have a Facebook page. Just search t Popcast on Facebook. Uh, leave us a comment there. Moby likes to post lots of stuff there, so hopefully somebody's looking at it, because I am not.
0: Well, all I do is
1: tease you, Leland.
2: So. Oh, okay. Well, good. Uh, if you want to check out our show notes, our website is ttpodcast.wordpress.com. I have been Leland Steel.
1: I'm Moby. I'm Marty. Take care, listener.
2: Thanks, listener.
1: Bye-bye.